Blog Talk Radio. season that's wonderful they won't say oh Miami's having a wonderful season they'll say Miami's back and there's a difference when you're at a program that has done it before and you know can do it again this Miami team is starting to take on a look of a Mark Rick team Miami stays undefeated Coral Gable stand up Liberty City stand up Overtown Stand up. Carroll City, stand up. The Canes are back. Getting ready to play Notre Dame. Uh, it's a, another big weekend, another big uh, Saturday night, which is wonderful. Super hot team, uh, beating people by big margins. One of the best defensive teams in the country, one of the best offensive teams in the country. Uh, being very well coached by you know Coach Kelly and his staff. Really good football team uh, across the board. Offense, defense, special teams. Um, but it's not just about talent, it's well coached. Um, you know, you can see that. Here steps up, escapes, and runs into the end zone, standing up. Rozier's a gritty kid. I mean, you know, as a first-year starter, um, he, he finds ways to make plays. It's really been a, a payback season for everybody that, you know, we lost to last year. You know, we're just, you know, working down the line. You know, we just can't wait to line it up Saturday. We're right now, so on Saturday we can fly around all day. Jackson looking that way, but the Savoy in a screen, ball comes out, it's on the ground, Kane Cabot. R.J. McIntosh, big man rumbling down the sideline. Defensively, um, they lead the nation now in, in tackles for loss, so it's, a, it's an outstanding front four. 
Um, the linebackers run and tackle as well as any group that we played. Last year happened and we didn't come out with the results that we wanted, but this year we can't lose to it's just, it's just a standard that was set before us. This part of the season, obviously in November, is you know, all the teams that are in contention are uh, focused on one game at a time and, um, you know, it's single elimination for most teams. We like it when we're uh, competing in games like this late in the year that are that meaningful. And um, it's what you hope for, what you work toward. And uh, it just so happens this, this Saturday night is going to be very meaningful to both teams. Tell you this in closing. I know we might seem imposing, but trust me, if we ever show in your section, believe me, it's for your own protection. Cause we see things that you need not see, and we be places that you need not be. So go with your life, forget the Roswell crap, show love to the black suit. Cause that's the men in, that's the men in. The Miami Hurricanes are riding a tidal wave of momentum in the midst of the biggest seven days that the program has experienced in more than a decade. In an epic night at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday, the men in black overwhelmed Virginia Tech to set up a throwback confrontation this Saturday night with the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. The rivalry between Miami and Notre Dame has been the subject of a 30 for 30 ESPN documentary and might be as well chronicled and revered as any in college football. Catholics versus convicts, pregame brawls, a degree of animosity that inspired both schools to agree to cancel the annual series after their heated 1990 meeting. Well, 27 years later, Canes fans, here we are, and the Canes nation remembers it all. But the kids who will be on the field on Saturday night won't have that kind of frame of reference. To them, this will be a chance to write their own history in a game with huge implications to the Final Four playoff picture for both teams, who are both having better than anticipated seasons this year. They have earned their way into the national spotlight, Miami and Notre Dame. The Irish were ranked coming into the year, and again, after losing to Georgia, they were unranked, rather, coming into the year, and again, after losing to Georgia earlier in the season. But they've run off this string of victories that have just elevated them to number three in the country going into Saturday's game. Where Notre Dame has made the most pronounced upgrade since its 30-27 victory over the Hurricanes last season is in its physicality, especially with the offensive running game. Through Brian Kelly's first seven seasons, from 2010 to 2016, the Irish averaged 162.4 yards rushing per game, including 163.3 last year. This year's Notre Dame team is averaging 324.8 yards a game rushing, exactly double the 162.4 figure from Kelly's first seven seasons. A lot of that is due to new quarterback Brandon Wimbush, who is also an outstanding runner. But needless to say, the Miami defense is going to have to man up at the point of attack on Saturday. But here's a clue that gives the Hurricanes hope. Notre Dame gained just 55 yards rushing in the toughest game that it's played this year against Georgia, 
a team with a lot of good athletes on defense, very much like the Hurricanes. So that right there provides a clue that if Miami comes out tough and can stand stout at the line of scrimmage, that their chances against Notre Dame could be deceivingly good. Miami has gained its respect with the longest current FBS winning streak at 13 games and by taking control of the ACC Coastal Race by beating Virginia Tech last week. The Hurricanes have not lost in more than a year since they made their trip to South Bend last October and dropped the 30-27 decision that was their fourth consecutive loss last season. How much have the Canes improved in the last 12 months as they've peeled off these 13 straight victories? They get a chance to show it Saturday night with the entire nation watching on college football's primetime stage. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to Canesport Live. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad after you call in. Places you in the queue, where, by the way, Greg is not waiting first this evening. He's been beaten to the punch. But you hit one on your keypad. It places you in the queue. And then we bring you on the show in the order that you appear in that queue. As always, we ask the subscribers at Canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them as we go forward at different stages of the show. But I know everybody out there has a lot to say tonight, so I want to get right to your phone calls. The number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, and let's start out now in the 828 tonight, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. Are you with us? I'm away. You're who? Uh. <laughs> Hello? Uh, Barrios wasn't getting after such a good start, getting a lot of other plays have disappeared. Well, I think, <laughs> good question. I think, uh, you know, Berrios, you've seen from time to time as the year has gone on that, really that there's moments where he makes a huge impact in games and then he, he will disappear for a while and, and then he'll make an, an, an appearance once again. And um, I think the reason for that is he's, he's a guy that you really have to kind of scheme for. I mean, in, 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 in total honesty, I mean, he's, he's a small receiver and guys have argued with me all year about this big receiver, small receiver thing, but uh, boy, it was never on display greater than on that one interception the other night um, when Virginia Tech, which had very big defensive backs, um, intercepted a ball intended for Jeff Thomas down the field where Thomas couldn't even begin to challenge for it. And so it's a lot tougher for smaller receivers and I think that a lot of people give credit for. And I think that's why you see Barrios more pop in and out of the game plan and in and out of the play calling as opposed to 
being the type of guy that you can target down after down after down, like, for example, you really can with Amon Richards when he's healthy. So I think that's the best answer I can give you to your question. Obviously, you're a Braxton Berrios fan, and I think you should be pretty happy with what he's getting done this year. We just ranked him the best player on the team when we did our top 50 rankings this last week, and uh, Notre Dame's coach gave him a shout-out today and said that he is basically the engine that makes the Miami offense run just brings a lot of energy to the offense. So uh, he's impressing a lot of people and doing really well. Uh, when, why do you think Barrios didn't get a lot of passes? Uh, I mean, well, why do you think, why do you think that Barrios was getting a lot of publicity considering that he had 10 yards of pushing? Why, why isn't he getting a lot of publicity? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I think he is. I, 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 you know, I think that he's doing great, and, and I think he's um, obviously he's having a great senior season, and he's um, you know certainly gotten on the the radar around the country with Miami playing these high profile national games, and um, I, I think he's getting publicity. I think he's got to be very happy with the publicity he's getting. Uh, Who's going to be Joe? Oh, now that Demetrius Jackson is hurt, um, well, I think you'll see Jonathan Garvin start to get a lot more reps. Uh, you know, you saw, I'm sure, the play that he made last week um, in the Virginia Tech game, and, and he's a guy that uh, is certainly commanding more playing time. Uh, I'm not sure DJ Johnson is quite ready yet to, to, to get out there yet and, and, and get significant playing time, but Garvin really has not played very much, and, and he's a guy that, when he has been in the game all year long, has done well. So I would think that, that he would be someone that would certainly uh, be in line to play more. And, you know, obviously Trent Harris also uh, could get more reps. And I think you'll see Chad Thomas maybe on the field a little bit more. I am eight years old. Do you think my mom should allow me to watch the whole Notre Dame game? <laughs> I think you should threaten to move out of the house if they make you go to bed during that game. Of course, she should let you watch the whole game. For the Virginia Tech game, she made me go to bed at halftime. Oh my goodness! I can't believe your father allowed that. That that wouldn't go down in my house. I'll tell you that. My my kids grew up watching every minute of every hurricane game. So you got you got to work on that a little bit and tell mom that she just has to understand that it's a Canes thing that she doesn't understand. Hopefully she's listening right now. All right. Well, um, I hope so too. And uh, thank you so much for your call tonight. And 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 thank you for getting our show off to such a great start. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> what a cool kid. I, can you believe his mom? How does his mom make him go to bed at halftime of the Virginia Tech game? That is just absolutely unbelievable. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. sure there are a lot of other Braxton Berrios fans out there. He's really having a great season. Let's uh, see if we find one in the 757. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Man, shit, how I'm doing, man, after that game with all that beautiful black with the U's, you know who it is. Ain't but 1757, Kane Kane. I ain't got to say the name because we know the game. Damn, Tech. Damn, know the, I'm tired of all of them. That's wrong. I love the little kid. I love when kids love awesome. the U's. You never, 
you never heard a kid. I, well, I haven't heard a kid call before, but somebody helped him call. But it's wonderful. He's outstanding. And where is Gary? What's up? What the? Where Gary? Okay, or Greg. <laughs> my bad, Greg. But hey, man, wonderful game. How many people? What was the turnout? Do you know the um, final count of fans that showed up? Because it was a very, very, very deep crowd. It was about sixty-five thousand. There were some empty seats in the in the overflow student section, but other than that, the, the stadium was full. Hey man, sixty-five. You know this criminals versus Catholics. I can't wait. We've been we done should have beat them last year when they were four and eight. We lost. Okay, no biggie. They bringing all this. I seen a Notre Dame fan in the store today. He said, "Yeah, man, you know it's our time, baby. We're gonna get y'all." I said, "Man, ain't nobody trying to hear this crap." They coming out there to ball. We look good. Now, if you ask me what you asked me last week, did we look like a top 10 team? Yes, we did. Saturday, we did. Do we need to do it again? Yes, we do. Their quarterback, he high, but he's more of a runner than a passer. But we stopped the run. We did a good job on the run. The interceptions had me kind of spooked. But, hey, we came through with turnovers, the little chains around the neck. Garvin came in and got us, did his thing. And my man Trey, number 94 for Tech, he was close. But your boy kept withering away from him. He played his butt off. No, I got to give him props because I know the young man. But other than that, we did what we needed to do. We kicked butt. Ain't no need for me to stay on the phone. I'm happy. I hope everybody that's a Kane fan is happy. So bring your A game. And if I hit the lottery tomorrow, I'll be there again. But, you know, I don't really play, so I guess my ass will be stuck in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Shout out to Charles, Uke, Duke, and Birdman. Whoa, whoa. Bring it on, baby. Let's rock the house on Saturday night and hope the crowd come and I hope the weather be just like it was last Saturday. Enjoy your garage. See you next Tuesday. And love that kid. Love him. I'm out. <laughs> All right, Kane Kane. <laughs> that was awesome as well. We're off to a wonderful start tonight. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And now we're going to the 305. You're live on Kane's Hey, live. Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you this evening? Who's this, Adam? Yeah. Okay, I thought I recognized your voice. How are you doing, Adam? I had, a guy, I had a guy come up to me at the stadium the other day. At, before the yeah. Virginia Tech game. And he said, that guy, Adam, that calls the show on Tuesday nights, he reminds me of myself. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds well, just like I, me I when he calls. That, well, I guess that's a compliment. Thanks. So what you got, Adam? What's going on? Uh, a couple things. One little critique on Rozier, and he played great, but I thought on that third interception, maybe it was just me from where I was watching it, he like, has a tendency sometimes to telegraph his passes. And that's disconcerting when you're playing like an aggressive defense. It, was that yeah, just I, I me watching? I think that's seat? a legitimate point. He does sometimes have a tendency to stare down where he's going. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, other than that, he played great, and I like how when nothing was around him, he seemed more decisive when he took off. I would like to well, see I him slide Mark- a little bit more, but. Other than that, I thought I Mark thought Rick had a great. Cool. I thought Mark Rick had a great game plan the other night. The way he was using Rozier as yeah. a runner and and the little wrinkles that they put in to, to spring him and 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 you know just 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 a great job of scheming during mm-hmm. the week. And then the offensive line, I thought executed probably the best that it has all season. No, the offensive line played great. Rozier, I mean, the only thing besides telegraphing is sometimes. I wish he would slide instead of trying to get the extra yard because I'm afraid one of these times he's going to get popped and lose the ball. 
And he did yeah, I mean, he, he he slides sometimes. Probably maybe yeah. not enough, but you know, it, that's a split second decision. You don't always have the opportunity to to make that decision yeah. when you're running the ball as much as he is. I mean, and he, you know, he's getting a lot of carries. Yeah, that's true. And also a huge shout out to Mike Rump. What he's done with Michael Jackson this year has been nothing short of amazing. I mean, that kid gets better and better every game. Probably one of the best co- individual coaching jobs I've ever seen. I, I totally yeah. agree with you. Um, you know, there was a time not too long ago, as I observed, that I didn't know that Michael Jackson yeah. was ever going to really play here. I, I, it just it just wasn't looking good, and, and you knew that they were going to keep recruiting DBs. And, I, I mean, yeah. just, just probably one of the best individual coaching jobs of a player that I've seen in all the years I've been around Miami football. Yeah. I mean, and he's not, the good thing about Jackson is he's not just a cover corner. I mean, he had a great hit on what was that running back saying on the screen pass. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be huge for this game because Notre Dame likes to run it and also throw in those little screen passes. So, you know, more, you, you know what it is, Adam? He, he, I think he's got confidence yeah. now. I mean, look at look at what yeah. the kid has done so far this year. <laughs> um, I mean, on ABC the other night, they were saying they think he's one of the top cornerbacks in the country after watching him. I mean, I mean, so he's got a lot of confidence now, yeah. and I think that that's contributed to making him a better player. Yeah. Now the upsetting thing is if he decides to go pro after this one great year. But we'll get to so. that another day. I, I don't I, I don't I don't think that we're at that point yet. Yeah, I really don't. I I'll, well, I'll discuss that another day. Uh, quick recruiting question. Did Miami drop Satowski or was it what was the story there? Because he was I think, so solid I, I think, for a long time. And I then think all of a sudden he flips to Rutgers. Yeah, I, I think Sikowski has not quite had the senior year that he thought he was going to have. I think it's been a struggle for him. I think that he obviously knows the situation of Miami with Rozier now looking like he's going to be the quarterback this year and next year. And Nicozy Perry's there. Um, and obviously more guys are going to be coming in. And, and I, I think that he went and checked out Rutgers and, you know, it's closer to home and, and, you know, felt like that might be a, uh, a more maybe comfortable place, a better opportunity for him. And he approached Miami coaches and had the conversation and, and told them, was very upfront with them and told them that, you know, he was thinking about Rutgers a little bit, that, you know, it might be a better fit for him. Or And um, I think that when that came up, my guess is that the Miami staff was starting to, question a little bit if, if did they make the right decision there and taking that commitment because when you take a quarterback commitment early which mm. a lot of teams like to do um, you're pretty much shutting down quarterback recruiting you know it's unless you're mm-hmm. taking two in a given year which is very rare once you get the position properly stocked you, you know you like to take one quarterback um, so when you yeah. take a commitment early Adam you're you're pretty much shutting down your your quarterback recruiting and um that's basically what happened and and you know when that took place and 
they took the Stukowski commitment. There were a couple kids that they were doing pretty well with. Um, one of them is is named Jaron Williams, who is from Georgia, who yeah. is who is coming uh, now coming on an official visit this weekend. He's committed to Kentucky, but has had a really good senior year and. Ohio State and Auburn and Miami and other schools have all started recruiting him pretty heavily. Well, you know, he, he's got a really good uh, feeling about Mark Richt and, and what's going on at Miami. And, and so when Miami came back at him here in the last week, mm-hmm. he, there was a lot of receptiveness. His coach is comfortable with Miami. His parents are comfortable with Miami. So he's committed to Kentucky. And he's going to come in on a, on a on a visit this weekend. So he, but he's one. And then the other one was a kid named Casey Thompson, who was really uh, feeling Miami, and at one point looked like he was looking to be the guy that committed. Yeah. But but he got beat to the punch by Arthur Sikowski. So um, yeah, you know that I, I think that once Sikowski came at Miami coaches and started to show. Um, a little wishy-washiness and that he wasn't really sure. I think at that point that they seized on the opportunity to say to him, you know what, you know, in looking at the situation here, you know, you might be making a good decision. And, you know, we would certainly not want to hold you back from that. You know, that could, that could be a better decision for you. And Mm -hmm. I think they reached the mutual parting of the ways. And now quarterback recruiting is back reopened. And like I said, you got Jaron Williams, visiting this weekend for the Notre Dame game and Casey Thompson's also sitting there. And I think it's a matter of which of those two um, might commit first. And uh, Casey Thompson is, is pretty entrenched with Texas. Now Uh, I'm not sure we have not really had a chance to have the conversation with him yet uh, to see. But doesn't Texas also have another commit like Redding? I think Cameron Redding is also committed from California. I think. From Oklahoma, uh, so Texas has too. I know Texas has another QB commit besides Thompson. Yeah, I haven't looked. I'm going to take a quick look right now. Um, if, if if that's the, yeah, you're right. They do. Cameron Rising. Yeah. So you oh, know, Rising. Sorry, Missed uh, Obviously, Jaron Williams is seizing the bull by the horns here, and he's yeah. jumping right into the fray. And he didn't have this visit scheduled a couple of days ago, and now he does have an no. official visit scheduled. He's coming down with his parents this weekend, and I think after they make their official visit, which I gotta yeah. believe is going to be off the chain with with um, game day on campus yeah. on Saturday morning, and and everything else that's going to be going on Saturday, and I mean I can't imagine it's going to be anything but just an absolutely amazing weekend for them, and uh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see. Um, afterwards, uh, where they stand, but uh, it looks like he's getting the first shot to take that spot. Okay, and so he's not firmly entrenched in Kentucky. He, he's a I, very I mean, viable flip he, candidate. He, wa- he was until the top schools in college football started recruiting him in the last, you know, three four weeks. So you know, it's good. It's it's kind of hard for Kentucky to ward off Ohio State and Miami. Um, you know, in Auburn and and these type of schools, I mean, it's not going to be an easy thing for Kentucky to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there was a rumor out there that he wanted, and I guess that's not true. I don't know where I heard it, that Williams wanted to come in and play right away. And that's not going to be in the case in Miami. He's going to Well, you don't know that. How do you know, how do you know that? You know, he comes in as a freshman. He's an early entry kid. He's, he'll be here in January. 
He'll participate in spring practice this year. He'll redshirt next year, and then he'll compete with Nikozi Perry. No, but what I meant is there was a rumor. There was a rumor that one of the reasons why um, he wanted to go to Kentucky was they promised him he'd play as a true freshman. That was one of the things out there. Okay, Hello? maybe. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. maybe, maybe that's the case. And if he pick, if he sticks with Kentucky, you'll know that's the reason why. Uh, to us, yeah. it doesn't sound like he's going to be sticking with Kentucky. Oh, okay. Based on the oh. based on the conversations that we've had yeah. with his coaches, with his family, we don't we don't think he's sticking with Kentucky. I'm not going to say he's definitely coming okay. to Miami, but it doesn't sound like right now that he's going to end okay. up sticking with Kentucky. But he is going to give them an, one of his five official visits. Oh, okay. And um, last question. Um, I, I didn't um, – what is this player, this play, um, player out of Atlanta, Rielis George? Is he looking like he could commit this weekend? Wouldn't surprise us in the least. Uh, we, we think he's going to be in the class. He's a pure fullback. He's exactly what they're looking for. It's a perfect fit. And I'll be very surprised if he doesn't commit soon. Um, okay. And final question. I saw on the um, visitors list that Miami's hosting both Pat Sertain and um, Tyson Campbell. If by some miracle Sertain wanted to come, there would be room in the classroom, right? Without uh, question. Or are we – Okay. So with, with, like without without so. without any hesitation. Uh, however, I will say this: yeah. that don't sell Tyson Campbell short. He might be the better of the two. Sertain no, has not, the higher uh, ranking uh, in, in, on the, in the rivals' rankings, but it, at the end of the I, day, I, Tyson Campbell might I, be a better I, defensive back. No, I'm not selling Campbell short. I'm saying if they both want to come. Yeah, if they both like want to come, they'll both have a spot. No question. That's that's what I meant. I, I yep. mean, obviously, Tyson Campbell's a great player, as is Patrick Tain. What I was asking is if they both wanted to say, we'll come to Miami. And also, um, hopefully, Andrew Chatfield comes, because I saw we just offered him. He's very likely to commit soon also. Okay. Because I heard for a long time he was a Florida lean. He was a Florida lean because he he, he didn't have a Miami offer. Last week he got, uh, okay. he got the Miami offer, and yeah. I think there's a very strong chance he will commit to Miami. Oh wow! Well, then this class has a chance to really be epic in terms of just star quality. No doubt. Um, well, well, thanks, Gary, for taking my call. Hopefully, we'll be speaking next week after we beat up on that those Irish. All right, Adam. Thank you for being part of the show as always. Yeah. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And this next segment of Kane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by the Startup.com, the world's first virtual incubator created by Kane's fans to help Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And uh, this is a company worth checking out. Um, I've been telling you about them all season. If you're not a Canes fan, don't even think about applying for a job there. They won't, uh, they won't give it to you. And uh, the folks at the startup.com have created a workplace without walls 
and an internet-based platform called The Ecosystem, where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate, and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. And uh, the ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So visit the startup.com today for a free trial and let them help you do a better job of running your business or starting a whole new career and new business of your own. It's one site at one price to rule them all. The startup.com, the company made by Canes fans, run by Canes fans, and for Canes fans. Thank you for being part of Canes Sport Live. All right, let's get back to your calls again. 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now out to the 205 where you're live on Canes Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What up, there? What's going on, Mr. Slaughter? Man, feeling good, man. Feeling really, really good right now. Can't imagine why that would be. How about them canes? Yep. It just feels good, man, to to see, you know, his his chess his chess game coming to fruition. You know what I'm saying? You can tell he's been holding things back and running a basic offense and he opened it up first first series. I let you know what he got in that got it what kind of bullets he got. And I just think we're going to see a lot more this um this upcoming weekend. Um, I, um, it's, it's, we finna we finna show some people, man. What you think about uh, Fine Bomb still not believing, man? What you think about that guy? Oh, who cares? He's a he's a he's a clown act, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> like like you seriously care about anything he says? That's just funny, man. It's just like okay, you said we ain't played nobody, but you know what I'm saying Alabama hasn't played one ranked team yet. You know what I'm saying, and we beat we beat the team Clemson lost to. You know what I'm saying, but we not, but we haven't showed anything. But it's just hysterical to me. You know that guy's funny, man. Um, but other than that, man, um, I just think that defense is is turning into something really, really scary, man. Just based off the fact that those corner them that secondary is playing so 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 clutch and so locked down right now. You know the front seven always play good. And, you know, just seeing those guys step up, man, is is something that we – that's the, something that the old Canes teams had that, that made us – you know what I'm saying, that was, that made us a championship team. You know, and you get, we got to give those that coaching staff a lot of props for that, man, a lot of props. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, not just the coaching staff, but how about the players? Every one of them stepped up. Yeah, I, they I mean, work at home. You know, Jaquan, yeah. Jaquan Johnson coming into the season, uh, a legitimate question. Can he handle full-time duty at safety? He's doing it. Sheldrick Redwine, uh, you know, what I would call, I mean, an, an average cornerback. I mean, I don't know that I would have called him a great cornerback after last year. Moving to safety and learning a whole new position, could he handle it? I think the, he's answered those questions with flying colors. Uh, the cornerbacks mm-hmm. are playing so well that D. Delaney may not even get back on the field. So, I mean – yeah, I mean, we talked about Michael Jackson earlier and and, and what he's done. Say that again. Um, say, say that name again. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah, 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 I know why you want me to say that. You're from Alabama too, <laughs> but, but <laughs> exactly. That's why I go to that. I go to the game with his folks, man. I know that. That's my boy. I know him, man. That's why so I've been telling you, man. That kid was something special, man. I watched him play high school. The kid's special. I've been telling you guys. It, 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 it's it's taken him time. He it, it took him a few habits. years. 
He yeah, had it to just unlearn took, bad habits that he was. He taught. had to unlearn bad habits. He had to learn how to play, and he had to get confidence in himself. He obviously. had to learn the system. Exactly, man. The kid has great upside, and I just want to kind of couple, go on a couple more things. I'm letting more guys get on. Um, what I love about this staff is that they adapt. You know, they adapt to the players, of course, but they adapt to the teams that they're playing. You know, I don't see. I I I, I love the way we're attacked. VTech. We know we like to blitz. They like to blitz when we spread them out. You know, we spread them out, attack them on the edge, and then we worked our way back up to the middle. That was that was that was great coaching. That's that was a that was you see what I'm saying. And I think I think far as what we're gonna do with with um with Notre Dame, I think we're gonna crowd the we're gonna crowd them and make it make that quarterback has to deal with with his arm. You know, and. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I rewatched that game against um, Georgia and even the game with Wake Forest. Wake Forest was able to move up and down the field on him with ease. I don't, you know, I think this is an overhyped team that we're going to run out. We're going to run out the stadium, man. And um, you know, yeah. In my next part, man, you can tell the difference between play a freshman that come in in the springtime and the players that come in. You know, in the summer, because you can see there's a big difference between Garvin and DJ, um, DJ, um, was DJ, what's his name? DN? DJ Johnson. Charlie. Yeah. DJ Johnson. You can see the big difference with him, just that, those little six months. And I wish they had redshirted him. I, I really wish they had yeah, redshirted him, but I guess they wanted to use him on special teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, do you think, you, do you think they're gonna, they're gonna give, I don't think I'm sorry. I don't think my boy Chuck don't get in the burn this year because DJ Dallas he has that some he has that that guy's a ball player man, and I love the fact that they're getting him I'm, they're getting him the ball because that kid that kid made some some nice moves in the backfield. I'm like that's that's a that's a red shirt sophomore junior type move he made because you know usually you know the true freshmen like to just always hit it to the sideline and he's not that that kid is special. He's gonna be something really nice a serviceable weapon for us. Um, but you know, enough of enough of my rambling, man. I'm just just happy for the win. I'm just happy that the guys on the board has calmed down with the negative talk about my boy Coach Rick. Because he's going to take us to the promised land this year. We're going to beat up. My my prediction is 35-13. That's going to be my score. 35-13. They're going to score first. They're going to score first drive. I'm going to give them that. They're going to that's my thing. That they're going to score first drive after that is a wrap. But you know, like I said, man, shout out to my boy Uki. Holler at me. Uh, my boy Kane Kane, and always Garrett. I love talking to you, man. I call you next week to celebrate this other victory, and you know, and I'll be at the college, I'll be at the um, championship game this year. Um, but like I said, you know, um, great win Saturday, and I'm out, man. All right, Slaughter. Thanks as always for being part of the show. Five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go down to the seven eight six now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? I'm doing great. Who's this? Hey, it's everything three oh five. What's up, man? Good talking to you again. What you got for us? Always pleasure listening to the show every week and really enjoy all the uh the commentary and all the positive thoughts we have these days. It's a nice turnaround from the years in the past. Question for you. Real quick, um, health status. How's everybody uh, doing physically? It looks to us, other than Demetrius Jackson, obviously, who's now out for the year, it it looks like everybody's in pretty good shape. Uh, No major issues. 
I was surprised to see how well Donaldson played throughout that game, especially with the stamina. He seemed to be able to uh, to hang in there throughout the entire course of the game. I, I, I looked like the uh, arrested him some well, but also he was he was in decent condition coming back, which was a big concern for I guess for many people. Who are you um, talking about? I, I missed some, the name. Donaldson, Navon Donaldson. Oh, Navon, yeah, yeah, he's he's still limping around a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, he he held up the whole game, so he must be good enough to play. The big what, what do you think was the big uh, the biggest what 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 surprised you the most last week, Gary? What surprised me the most? Uh, yeah. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing to be honest with you. I you know I said it on the show last week that I thought that Virginia Tech was going to have to be awfully good to come down into that environment and leave with a win and. Uh, and I, I think that's the way it played out. Uh, there, there was no way, no matter what happened. I mean, you, you normally, if you throw three interceptions in a game like that, uh, uh, a game against the team, uh, number 13 team in the country, uh, typically you're not going to survive that. You know, you can't, you know, those three turnovers. And it, it, the, the game was just so overwhelmingly in Miami's favor that it was almost like those three turnovers didn't even happen. And, uh, you know, Miami, obviously, of course, you know, got four of their own, but, uh, you know, and that contributed a lot to that, but, uh, just a great job from start to finish. I thought the crowd showed up and did its part. And I thought the team was ex- very, very well prepared. Like I thought they would be. And, uh, yeah, so there, there was really nothing that surprised me to be honest with you. The, the biggest surprise I thought I, I saw was how well, the offensive line was able to finish blocks. Um, and I don't know if, if the uh, the temperature got to those guys as toward the game as the game went on. But it seemed that well, they, I think, they I think Miami's that. a deeper team than Virginia Tech. So I think the humidity and, 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 every, and everything combined did get to Virginia Tech a little bit. But I don't think that that – I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't call that a deciding factor in the game. I think it was a factor. But I felt my, Miami was just a significantly better team. Definitely, hope much more depth. We were able to, and a lot, I think the quality of the depth has really improved. Uh, still not where we need to have it, obviously. Uh, you've got a situation now where Demetrius goes down, um, and now you've got a young kid that's got to play, and Garvin, who's who I think is ready to play, and he demonstrated that the other night. Um, one thing that concerns me. Uh, to stop their run, Notre Dame's run, they're going to be going to that side, and that side's always the best side to begin with. So that's, that's one thing that does concern me. Well, the key to this game to me is going to be what can Manny Diaz come up with at the line of scrimmage to neutralize the line of scrimmage and and then let Miami's speed take, take over and make plays. And uh, I thought he did a really good job against Georgia Tech in, in how he schemed up the defensive line and the havoc that they were wreaking up front in, in taking on Georgia Tech's offensive linemen and, and you know, the, the cut blocks that they try to uh, do and, and just the overall physicality that they try to bring to the game. And um, I, I think that it's going to take a similar type of approach on Saturday night. I think uh, you gotta, you got to at least battle to a tie at the, at the line of scrimmage and, and to give yourself a chance to stop their running game. Georgia, when they played them earlier in the year, was able to do that successfully. Like I said earlier in the show, they only gave up 55 yards rushing. So um, this 
offensive line can be dealt with, obviously. And uh, I, I think Manny will f- figure out ways to have uh, enough wrinkles in the game plan and, and, and enough things that he could do up front to neutralize that area of, of the game and let Miami's linebackers make plays. And uh, I'm expecting Zach McLeod to be much more a part of this game maybe than he's been in the past. And uh, I think the defense can really use his physicality from the linebacker position uh, in, in matching up with Notre Dame. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a much more visible role in the game plan this week. I would also say that uh, Michael Smith will definitely contribute more to this game. Uh, so when, when we need to give him a cloud of spell, Shaq can move over there, Mike can play the middle. And I think we'll see a little bit more of that as well. Um, Perry, who hasn't fared that poorly against the run, but especially against the read option team to the Georgia Tech offense that we've seen. Uh, I, I like our linebackers in that situation, but I'm still concerned when you've got uh, a young guy that's going to be backing up your starter, backing up Joe, ja- Joe, uh, Joe Jackson. I mean, that's the one thing that concerns me is are we going to be able to, to, to set the edge there? And that's, that's a, it's always going to be a telling factor. Our safeties have done a nice job of making plays and the job Jaquan's done has been amazing. Um, but again, it, it, when you look at our corners being able to come up and make tackles, I think this kind of game falls toward the skill set and in terms of the strengths of the skill set of Delaney, who's going to be getting more reps this week. Obviously, playing more, contributing more. Um, so I definitely see that. But one thing that that does concern me is is the kids' mobility, the quarterback's mobility. But I've watched a few of the games, uh, the Wake Forest game. I watched the Georgia game. You hit that kid pretty well. He's going to turn the ball over. Uh, he does have three fumbles on the season. Uh, one was against Wake, one against Georgia. I believe the fumble was recovered against Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. But he had, when you hit him well, he, he has turned the ball over. And when watching that Wake Forest game, I, I was amazed that on the other side of the ball, that Wake was able to put this the number of yards they put on them. Uh, I didn't see anything fancy out of their defense. Uh, they just kind of like played like a soft cover too, and said we're here and, and, and come after us. And, and basically, that's that's all I saw. I saw Coney had a nice game. I think he he's really coming into his own. But overall, their their defense. I mean, does that concern you at all? I mean, or does it appear to you to be somewhat more vanilla and power base? You know, I, I think that Miami is going to be able to do things against Notre Dame's defense out on the perimeter. You know, I, they're very stout inside. I think it's going to be tough sledding if, if, if they try to run inside a lot. But it looked to me when I watched some tape of uh, Notre Dame, and I mostly watched their game against Georgia because I felt like that was the best competition they played. And it looked to me like there's opportunities to get outside on this team. And um, I would – expect to see some more jet sweeps this week possibly than we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, I think more outside runs with Travis Homer uh, could be in the offering. And, and um, you know, that's if Mark Rixey is the same thing that I saw when I watched, but uh, it looked to me like that would be Miami's best bet is to look to attack out on the perimeter as much as they can. And um, I wasn't overly impressed with Notre Dame's defensive backs in, in what i watch now I like I said I haven't watched every play of every game so I'm not giving you the most educated opinion in the world in in that regard but um, from what I saw it looked to me like 
their defensive backs can be attacked. I'm really curious to see what the perspective uh, of uh, Chris Herndon's dad is going to be later on today. Hopefully he does call in tonight. Um, In terms of their their linebackers matching up in our tight end, um, I do think we have an advantage there. Uh, Athletically, I think we have an advantage there. Even though Coney is playing really well, and their other linebacker, I forget his name, he was very difficult to, to, to block last year. The kid was all over the field. Um, I do like us with our RPO getting some good action. And, and if we isolate them on the boundary with our biggest wide receiver, that's a nice matchup for us as well. So there are a lot of matchups that I think are going to work in our favor. But if you watch what Boston College tried to do to them, uh, they were able to dominate the front so bad. I mean, they, just, they were in the backfield a heck of a lot, and those plays that do take <laughs> take a little bit of time to, to come uh, to come together, they didn't have enough time for those plays to be to be executed correctly, and that really impacted Boston College. But Wake, on the other hand, uh, when watching their quarterback, he was masterful. I mean, he made a couple bad decisions early in the game. Uh, they jumped some routes, but after that, he, that kid settled in, and he, he moved the ball very well on them. So I, I'm curious to see what type of you know what type of uh, what type of what type of uh, I guess game plan he's going to have against us, and what type of pressure he's going to bring. Because I, I don't think he's going to stay out there and die a slow death. You know, much mm-hmm. like the North Carolina game was a game of not of much of little interest for us. I think on the road going on there, I think he kind of got that. That's a perception I kind of got when I was watching the Wake Forest game. I don't know if those kids were totally into it. The weather got bad. It wasn't a good day, and you just didn't see those kids really on defense in it anyway. They didn't seem like uh, there was much concern there. They were just like out there. I don't know if we're going to see that same team. And when you compare that defense when they played at Boston College, I thought they played a really aggressive game from the very beginning. They blitzed early. They probably had a quarter blitz early. I mean, they were they were much more aggressive against Boston College. <laughs> All right, what else uh, you got for la- us last, last thing, last thing, recruiting. Recruiting, you know, changes every day. And every day, uh, hopefully, we, we make more and more progress by local kids. I've noticed that a lot of the Optimist kids are wearing uh, their their coaches have given them turnover chains. And yeah. they're wearing these chains. Now, you know, we're in the playoffs right now. I don't know if you're aware of that. One of our one of our uh, youngsters here who's coaching at Gwen's here, he showed us that their version of the chain. I thought it was. That was outstanding. Um, you know, Mark Frick spent a lot of time since he's gotten here, uh, spending time with these Optimist programs throughout the Tri-County area. I really think you're going to see some major payoffs here a lot sooner than we thought. Um, I, I was projecting maybe that impact to come down the road two, three, four years from now. But you're looking at kids that are gonna, that are eighth graders currently around, seventh graders currently, and they're all they're buying into it. I mean, the the buzz around here. It hasn't been like this, Gary. I'd say in about 14, 15 years. It hasn't been this way. The turnover uh, chain has, has been like one of the most amazing marketing elements that Miami football's ever seen. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think like what else we would put in that category. Well, and, and, the, and the carryover in the recruiting, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, they, People are now starting to record songs about it. Have you heard the new song, Turnover Chain? Yes. Yeah, I heard that today on QAM. 
Yeah, I'll, pl- I'll, uh, I'll play I, it in a minute. It's 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 pretty it's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I just can't believe where where we're at right now. And two years ago, we were just you know we were on life support pretty much. And and last year, after going up to South Bend and making a nice comeback and having a chance to win, and, and Carter not being able to pick up that fumble, I still have nightmares about that. But um, you know, I, I, it's almost like we you know since that point on, a year later, it's, we've done a complete 180. Um, yep. and I'm, I'm just, I just, I can't believe we're at at this stage. And and I've always said I, I don't like to look ahead. I really don't like to worry about the task at hand. And uh, like any loyal fan and and and, and excited fan, overly excited fan, uh, I just hope we have a great crowd once again that's there throughout the game. And um, a lot of a lot of these uh, season ticket holders, well, you know, right now I can get uh, six hundred bucks for my tickets, you know, and. I'm hoping they don't go that route and start selling their tickets. So, you know what, let me watch it in my house, and I'll make a nice chunk of change. I'll pay for my entire season ticket package, and probably, you know, if if I sell it on Friday, I might even make enough to cover my expenses to Charlotte. I really hope that that that's not the case. I hope our our fans, we stick to our tickets, you know, and and we we go out there in full force because the energy last Saturday, Gary, it's been a long time since we had that, man. It was it was rocking. I mean, it wasn't Orange Bowl rocking, but it was pretty damn close. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, hey, nice. thanks. Okay, thanks baby. as always. Yep, thanks as always for being part of the show. All right, I mentioned a moment ago a new song out on the Turnover Chain. Let me uh, play it for you real quick right now. See what you think. Turn over chain, 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 turn over chain. You see big homie get the fumble, he get a turn over chain. See big homie get the pick up, he get a turn over chain, 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 turn over chain. You see the whole crowd don't use us, we want that turn over chain. See the whole crowd going crazy, we want that turn over chain, turn over chain. Turn over chain is deeper than jewelry, deeper than blink. It's deeper. See, this is our thing, and you as a team is strictly for cake. To you. Invented the swag, you rented and brag, but we want it back. Let me get that. But you can keep the old one, cause we keep something new in the bag. All of these players is hungry, don't come in here thinking it's funny. We aiming hey, for buddy. something, rocking the chains when it's sunny. Even when raining and slumming, we ain't gonna be something. Open quarterback don't think it's sweet. The defense will make them take a seat. And if somebody strip the ball out, if somebody get a Cuban link. Now you know how it go with the fans though. We be going wild out in the stands though. If you're not with a team, you're not familiar. If you throwing yours up, you're not familiar. Come on, get loose like a band, trombone. Throw three or five up, my home. C W A, tell them about it. All the canes going wild when we yelling this out. Turn over chain, 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 turn over chain. You see big homie get a fumble.
All right, so you get the idea. What do you guys think of that song? I'd like to know before I give any of my own opinions, but uh, kind of interesting that there now is turnover chain music. What's coming next? If the Hurricanes keep getting turnovers the way they are, nobody knows. Let's go to the 318 now. You're live on King Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? It's all gravy, and I'm just a biscuit, baby. We're just chopping it up. It was a great win uh, Saturday night. I enjoyed the game. I like the intensity. I like everything that we have going for us. Right now, you know, I was just thoroughly impressed. I was impressed with DJ Dallas. I think he had a great game except on that third down when he was a little short, and he had some words of encouragement from Coach Rick. But other than that, he did a great job. I think what he brings to the table at that running back position is short area quickness. He able to make cuts that uh, the other running backs just aren't able to make. Uh, I wish we could get more out of Chuck Grace uh, than what we've been getting. But, uh, I mean, Chris Herndon <laughs> is just a stud. I mean, he's just a stud. I mean, Chris Herndon is a true soldier of the highest order, you know, because, man, he, he doesn't come out the game and he just made big play after big play, great game plan. I mean, I can't believe we just attacked 36 and he couldn't run no more. And so, uh, you know, we had a great uh, – they just had a great game plan. And our offensive line probably had his more most impressive day in the last couple of years. Uh, just want to uh, got a couple of questions uh, about it. I mean, especially at that running back position. You know, when you start looking down our lineup, do you think that this class will take another running back? And I'll ask you why. Uh, I don't think Mark Walton will come back, and I don't think Mark Walton should come back. And the reason why I would say that is when it comes down to running backs, durability, and they only have a short shelf life. And I think that the worst-case scenario for Mark Walton is not necessarily uh, that he comes back, but if he came back and had another year that was shortened by injury, because then he will have durability. I think that his stock is where it is, and he got to grade him on the curve because he did not have the type of offensive line that would showcase his talent in the way that it needed to be showcased. And I think that really right now he may be a second or a third round pick, you know, and I don't think that him coming back would he improve his game. He's still a three, two running back. He can run block and catch no matter he is what he is. And I think that his stock is where it needs to be. That being said, when you go down that lineup and you look at Robert Burns hadn't really played football in three years, he probably more of a candidate for being a general scholarship guy. Chuck Gray, got to be a transfer candidate when you're looking at uh, the desperation at that position and the underutilization of him. When you start looking down that lineup, you bring in Lingard, you bring in uh, the other running back, and you have Travis Homer. Don't you certainly need to at least evaluate that situation? And if there is another uh, available running back that you do take him? All right. Let me uh, – I'll address your questions uh, one at a time. Um, first of all, who is this? You didn't introduce yourself. You know, this this is a poor city kind of dude who you just keep throwing shade at every week. I heard you last <laughs> week, and I ain't say nothing. I just say, hey, look, I'm going to hold my peace. But you throwing shade. But like, hey, and I need to say this to you. Hey, remember, Shreveport provided you with one of the greatest comebacks in Kane history when Brock Berlin – you know, and by the way, he is one of my neighbors – when Brock Berlin brought us back against Florida down uh, in, I think uh, it was an Orange Bowl. It may have been. May have well, been I will, s- I will say time. this before I talk running backs for you. Uh, 
Florida State is doing everything they can to get to Shreveport. So, you know, Shreveport <laughs> is valued by some people in the state of Florida. Yeah, it is. And, hey, look, yeah. Rock Berlin, it, it was valuable for us, too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, so running backs, you know, look, looking at next year, you know, I, I don't agree with you on Mark Walton. I, I don't think that he's put up anywhere near enough of a body of work to even think about going to the National Football League. Uh, you know, I, he's had some good moments. He's had some really good runs. He hasn't done it yet against the top level competition. And I think gotta, I think he's got to show that he can that he can do it against the top level competition. Now he's coming back off an injury, which makes his situation even more pr- problematic because now he hasn't had the majority of this season to put up a body of work. And I, I just, I don't think he's got a resume yet for the NFL draft. And I think if he goes out now, he's making a big mistake. I think he'd be fortunate um, to be a, a mid to late round draft pick right now. If, if he goes out and I'm, I'm going to double check that with some of my NFL contacts and, and see what they say. But uh, that, that's my opinion. So if he's smart, I think he comes back. And so now you've got him, Travis Homer, and Lorenzo Lingard coming into the program next year who's going to play. So uh, Chuck Gray, I, just, I don't see where his future is. I don't think he'll be on the team next year. I agree with you. It just makes sense for him to go play – uh, somewhere else, and, and and you know maybe an FIU or something like that makes a lot more sense. Um, remember, you'll have Cam Davis still there. Uh, will they, will they give up on Robert Burns this quickly? I don't know. I can't answer that question right now. But I don't believe, other than this Relius George kid who's a fullback, I don't believe that there's going to be a third running back come into this class. I, I think that they'll they'll stick with Lingard and Davis. Uh, with what they have coming back next year and, um, and and go with that. If Mark Walton decides to go pro, maybe that changes. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know right now, but I'm not expecting Mark Walton to go pro. I, I, he might want to, but I think when he starts looking into it and if he's smart and he weighs it properly, I think he's going to find that he really has no business doing that right now and that he should come back. Okay, and uh, hey, let me ask you this question. I, I agree with it with the uh, with everything three hundred five that we should see more of CJ Perry and uh, Mike Smith in this game because we're going to need to make sure that we get that running back on the ground. Uh, I think you'll see more of them in there because uh, you're going to need. Well, he, the, he was saying you know, Mike Smith more than CJ Perry. He he wasn't suggesting. He was saying the CJ Perry party will play less this game. Because he's not really a run, he's not really a run stopping linebacker. Mike Smith's a little bit more of a run stopping linebacker. Yep. And let me ask you this: Can Mike Smith? Uh, we know that he came in and he he did do some stand up rushing for us. Do you think that maybe they'll use him a little bit more with the loss of Demetrius Jackson? Do you think that they'll use him a little bit more to uh, rush the passer and the blitz a little bit more with the, with that loss? Uh, no. I think they've got other guys that can do that. I don't think they really need him to do that. Okay, then. and uh, let me. I, I was I, another guy had said it and talked about Patrick Sertain and talked about uh, Tyson Campbell. You know, and that, that would be nice to get it. But have we heard any update on uh, Tyquan Thornton on uh, whether or not 
he's still solid with Florida. Yeah, Miami's not recruiting him anymore. They, you know, they, they, oh. they, they, they're, they're gonna, they're sitting right now with the three receivers they have, and unless something absolutely crazy happens, I think that's who you're gonna see them go with, and uh, they're not, they're not recruiting Ty, Tyquan Thornton anymore. Okay, then. And uh, l- let me ask you this question. Uh, so do you saying that you don't feel like DJ Johnson is really ready to contribute right now? Uh, because you, I mean, they haven't put him in that together. situation in, in games, so uh, mm-hmm. that would lead you to suggest that's the way the coaches feel. Uh, he's played very little as a defensive end. Okay, then. And uh, let me ask you this: uh, Do you are we hearing any news on any of the defensive tackles that uh, are coming up in this recruiting class right here in 2018? Are we hearing any news of? Uh, we, I know we, you got the Louisville commit. I think the guy who was maybe a Missouri commit too, but uh, is are any of those guys going to be coming down uh, this weekend or in the coming weekends uh, to take their official visits? Um, well, Jared Goldwire, who's a junior college kid committed to Louisville, he's coming in this weekend. Um, okay. Okay. So if you're looking at the defensive line situation, you've got Nesta Silvera committed, as you know, uh, Mm-hmm. I think they're still hoping to get, you know, maybe another three guys. And, and right now we've got about 10 of them up on the board that are under consideration. So um, there's a kid in at, at Missouri, I think that might be who you're referring to, by the name of Daniel Carson. And yeah. um, I know they love, they love him a lot, and he's getting a big, heavy, heavy push in recruiting. Um, I think they're still hoping to get Dennis Briggs um, out of Kissimmee. Um, he very much mm-hmm. factors in. Um, there's, like I said, the two people kids that committed to Louisville Cold Wire and uh, Mike Boykin are, are both on the radar screen, continuing to get recruited. Um, there's a kid at Virginia by the name of Chris Collins, who's visited in December from Jordan Davis, who's still in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has a clue what he's going to do. He's apparently a little bit of a strange kid, which leads me to think that if he's a strange kid and nobody knows what he's going to do, he's probably not coming to Miami. Um, and uh, they're still in the picture for Trevor Trout, a kid out of St. Louis. And I think that mm-hmm. they're going to get Andrew Ch- Andrew Chatfield. Okay. Then. So I, I think well, you'll I see think... them take three. Or, they'll take three or four defensive linemen by the end of the day. Okay then. But hey Gary, I just I just know that we're on the cusp of it. You know, if we just go out there and we handle our business, uh we handle our business Saturday, uh, it's gonna be great and wonderful. But we got a couple of Florida State fans and man, they are they are on anxiety attack. You know, and I'm talking about I got a couple of them that work with me, Gary. They on the anxiety attack. It's one guy, man, he got his head down just wishing and hoping that uh, Notre Dame wins because I think, you know, they feel like it's a scale. When we come up, then FSU goes down. And so they can all feel the turning of the tide now. And so they all are nervous. But, hey, Gary, that's all I got tonight. Hey, man, just keep doing what you're doing. And I hope that you and your family will be blessed. And I look forward to listening to you next week. Put me on hold. All right, Port City, and, and I, I really apologize, but I don't think we're going to come see you this uh, holiday season in Shreveport. 
Okay, then what? Hey, look. And and I, and, and, if, and I think you would agree that you hope now that the program's turning the corner that it's a very long time before the Canes step foot in Shreveport again. Well, but you know the final game I think is in the Sugar Bowl. I think the final game is in New Orleans. If, if this year? To that game, I, no. Yeah, I think this it year is. it's in. Oh, it's I think it's in Atlanta, this. isn't it? It's in Atlanta this year, I think. It's in Atlanta. Well, either which way. But hey, look, I'm happy you. We're not coming I think here the, to play, but. Uh, <laughs> I think the semifinals are in the Sugar Bowl. So, yeah, yeah if, we, if, the, if the Canes make the Final Four, you might see them in New Orleans. I agree. Yeah, I might be able to drive down there and see them. You know, hey, look, and, uh, but, the, but, the, but the great thing is, man, it's just great to see the millennials be able to see our uh, program in its finest hour. We know Generation X saw them, but now it's great to see the millennials to see how great this program can be. And I think that if we uh, go ahead on and get into the, if we handle our business, because to me, I'm looking at Clemson, and I know we can beat Clemson. I know we can beat Clemson. So if we can get into that playoff, man, it's going to be a wonderful day. But, man, you be blessed now. All righty. And if we end up in New Orleans and you come, you, you got to make sure you let me buy you a drink on Bourbon Street. I will. All right. It's a deal. All right. All right, all right, all right Port City. Thank, thank you for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. We are firmly in hour number two and um, moving right on. And now let's go out to the 804. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, sir? I'm a first-time caller. My name is Devon Mayfield, and I live in hey, um, Melotius, Virginia. You said Devon? Yes, Devon Mayfield. Hey, Devon. We're happy to have you hey, on the show. You we like first-time callers. What you got for us? All right, I got a couple of things. My first thing, um, I know one of your callers touched on it, but I don't think he talked about the guy, what is it, Farnburn with ESPN? Because I watched mm-hmm. the show yesterday. Let's see what they're going to talk about the Canes. And then he had a female, I guess it's cool. I guess all the sports people use that now, the females on there. And they was like, um, you know, do you believe in the Canes? At first he's like, yeah, but then he was like, all this about the Canes being back, being good for college football, it, um, I don't know where they get that from. Oh, Penn State, you know what I mean, coming back. And I, and I and they said Penn State and somebody else. And I was like, Penn State, they had a coach that was child-molecting kid. And they said Miami was a black eye. And I'm like, what is he saying they're a black eye for? Like, because they celebrated when they played? Like, and everybody bit that from Miami. And I just thought that was crazy that he would say something like that. And he was like, my, oh, my. I don't know why. I mean, I guess he's on ESPN, but I don't ever watch that guy. I, I don't take him seriously at all. Yeah, I just he looks, He's a cartoon character to me. Yeah, I just was like, come on, like, you know, they, and it was crazy because just today, um, come on, I'm not sure I might have been waiting to get um, a shoe. I was just watching the um, Raking show and, um, I forgot the guy's name now, but he's a bald head guy with glasses. Um, I know he went to Maryland, but he's been like working there for a long time. And he joined the show, and he was saying having Miami back is good for college football, which, you know, the prize team dude wasn't on there. He was on there early in the show, but he wasn't on there when he said that. And I just thought that's crazy because just like now, I know ESPN is only coming because Notre Dame is coming back. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that's crazy. 
Well, they were here last week too, so I yeah I, I don't well, know that I'd say that. And Miami's going to be a national game next week against Virginia, so I don't think it's just because Notre Dame's coming. I think the game day is no, coming. No, no, no. What I mean by that game Notre, day, that's you know. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, they weren't going to come. They weren't going to come two weeks in a row, and and I think that they decided that they would let the Miami Virginia okay, Tech game get played, and if, and if Miami beat Virginia Tech and it set up the huge game down. with Notre Dame, that they would bring game day down, and uh, they've got the. It's going to be it's, it's going to be pretty wild out there Saturday morning. It's going to be great to have those guys yeah, in town, and, and and I think that they're they're going to go the 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 full mile for Miami. Uh, and allow Miami to put on a really good show. All right, I got a few more things. Another thing I had a um, thing was, too, I know when – I think when Miami played Duke, they had the old coach, Mike Brown, was commentating the game. And he when he watched that game, I remember him saying, he said, Miami's got the best linebackers in the country I have seen. And I know the next game, Princeton was playing somebody. It might have been a day later. I can't remember, but I just remember. It might have been a week later. I just know when I was watching the game, and they bought, I think he might have been a week later. I think he was, I might have been, it might have been Clemson Syracuse. I can't remember, but I know he was, they were saying something, and the guy was like, yeah, the Miami linebacker, and one of the guys was like, oh, no, well, yeah, they probably got Clemson linebacker. And I'm just like, these guys don't watch football. Like, they sit there and talk and don't watch football. Like, if you watch, when I watch, a lot of games, but I watch my team. I'm a diehard Miami fan. I've been a Miami fan since I was 10 years old. I'm 40 now. And one thing I can say, Miami got speed. Now, the, now that the linebackers don't always make the plays. I think, what, 50, 56 is probably the best linebacker right now that's on the team. And um, my, my, and that, um, another thing I know they do, Miami do great at now, they don't get a lot of penalties no more. I remember every year I watched Miami, especially on the offensive line, if they ain't getting a holding call, Somebody's doing a false start. And I see Mark Vick this year had nicked that in the blood. Matter of fact, I think Miami had, what, the first, like, I don't think they had a penalty was on the first play when the guy kept doing a false start in the beginning of the game. And I don't think they had another penalty on on the offensive, on the offensive side. Well, the, well, as an offensive line as a group, besides the first two plays of the game or whatever. But my my biggest my one this is my question I'm rambling but one of my biggest questions is why what why do like with the wide receivers it seems like either they do a goal route or you know what I'm saying why they don't have like Thomas like either catching a slant or doing a quick screen to him instead of just using him just for goal routes. I, well, I, I mean, I think they've tried at different times of the year, and, and they can't get he can't get open. He, he, he you know, the, the the thing about freshmen is they could have speed and all that, but they have to learn how to get open and run routes. And and he's still a work in progress in that regard. And uh, they moved him outside, but I, I think they're finding that that's a little problematic. Also, you know, when when you 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 got a smaller receiver all the way out on the perimeter, and they found out last week against. Um, Virginia Tech, when that that had big cornerbacks, and they tried to go deep to Jeff Thomas, and they couldn't even get the ball to him because the cornerback was so much bigger. Well, I think on the interception, the ball was on the throne, and it was thrown. Yeah, but even shot. if it hadn't been, I, I mean, he 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 couldn't he couldn't he, he couldn't even get open deep. Now, where he's excelled is when he's been in a situation where he could make make a move at the line of scrimmage and set up the defensive back in a positive way, and then he can use the speed to get open. And he's had that success a few times 
when he scored the touchdown in games. But other than those touchdown plays, they haven't really been able to get him the ball that much. Same thing with yeah, Mike Harley. Oh, Mike Harley, I mean, I don't think he would be ready to play. I know when I watched the earlier games, like, I mean, they, they, and they was, in the credit thing, I think they was using them, like, they used them at the goal line, which I thought was crazy. Why would you use two small receivers by the goal line and throw a face to them? I thought, what I thought was crazy when you got two receivers at 6'4 and 6'5, when you were trying to use well, them, and then. Remember this, okay, Devin, that that Miami's corners are not that big, okay? And they're getting these looks in practice. And there might be certain things that they've been able to hit in practice that when they've gotten into games, they're not able to hit them. Because the All right, let me ask you a question. All right, you brought that up. But right now, you got to say Miami as a – like, I mean, maybe because I'm a fan, but you, as, as a as – a, Defensive total, but the secondary, it's got to be like one of the best secondaries in football right now, in college football right now. I mean, going up against like Syracuse, coming up with a big win against um, Clemson, and they was tearing Clemson up, especially the wide receivers. They was getting behind them and everything. Couldn't get behind Miami. Um, I just remember the Duke game. That was the first game I think they they really implemented their defense, and they had had, um, Young sticking the Duke guy, and the guy couldn't get nothing. I mean, the the Syracuse guys really didn't get nothing. Florida State guys really didn't get nothing, but, got, but then y'all had that guy, D. Delaney, playing, and he didn't know the defense. He kept going coverages and stuff like that. But I think since they won't be core guys, I think this, I mean, the secondary, I think it has, it's got to be one of the best in the nation right now, which they don't they'll never talk about. But just what they're doing alone, like with the man coverage and how they really not giving up too many big plays. And, I mean, a lot of that's got to be with the rush they're getting up front, too. Or whatever, but just on the back end, like really just knowing they're finding and doing what they got to do. I mean, I just, I just think that that's way more than expectations. I just know when I was reading going into the season, that's why they brought in Delaney and the, and the other guy, the um, the junior college guy that really, I mean, he only gave it the big play when he missed, we missed time to jump on that on that hail mary throw that the Virginia Tech um, guys are doing. So, what do you think was going to happen when? When would you think what's that the wide receiver coming in? Um, Poe, or what is his name? Poe? Is he coming? Do so you think he starts right away? Poe, when he comes uh, in, I think I'll he watch plays a lot team. right away. Yeah, he's elite. He'll he'll play. He'll he'll probably take the Barrios role in the offense but over he's very taller. quickly. He's taller than he's taller than um. He's taller yeah, than I, Thomas, I, right? yeah. I think that what what will end up happening is Thomas and. Will end up being able to play a lot more in the slot, and then they'll use Pope outside. I just think right now, if they're holding us back, I think uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to get healthy this season. But we need we need what's going. To, we need Richards to get healthy, man. I think that's what's really holding back his offense that they don't really have a like you know because he's like every other play like he's living off the field or whatever. Probably like, keeping them from going play. to another level. I would agree with you. Yeah. And it's definitely impacting the consistency. It's impacting the consistency. Yeah, and I'm like, man, like, because I know my coworker, he, you know, we he was texting in the game, and he's just like, man, y'all quarterback, man, he's like, he's holding y'all back. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like 50-50 because he also makes plays to win the game too. But and like, I don't know, like, and I think some of that too is like he got some little guys, and then Richard half the time is hurting. He's off the field. 
or whatever. And I'm like, man, I, and I told him, I said, man, this guy's nice. I said, you watched the tape last year, like, especially the West Virginia game. Like, he broke that game open and other games, the Virginia game last year. And I was like, man, if they had him healthy, I think everything else would open up because they would have to put so much focus on him that everything else would probably be easier for the other wide receivers if he was just he was just healthy. I'm just excited for the season. I'm glad that, you know, it was back. I just want to get this win. I don't care what else happened the rest of the season. I just want this win because this win right here, you know, then everybody, you know, I quite sure Miami would be going to the top four if they get this win right here. And even if we don't, we're not championship material this year with the class we got coming in next year and everybody pretty much coming back, I just want this win this week back. And that's, that's all I have to say, and I appreciate you taking my call. All righty. Thank you uh, so much for being part of the show. I like those first-time callers. It's nice to hear some different viewpoints. Um, all right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And now we're going to go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yep, that's you. Oh, what's happening, Jerry? Man, it's first-time caller, long-time listener. Oh, cool. What's your name? Uh, my name in the board is Low Boy. Um, All right, Low Boy. Go nah, for it. What you got boy. for us? Low Boy, what is these? Low Boy, what is these? Um, I just want to, uh, first off, I want to shout out everybody that came to the game on Saturday, man. Um, I was there with, with eight other people, two of my kids. <laughs> uh, too bad they didn't, they didn't last the whole game. They, they fell asleep around the third quarter when things started to get interesting, but... um. I want to shout out everybody that was there, man. You know, it, it, I ain't see that. That reminded me of the OB, man. You know, when I was a little younger, and um, for it to be that electric, man, I already know for this week is gonna be even better. Um, as far as this week game, man, you know, I'm sorry. I think we're gonna blow the brakes off on Notre Dame because, like you said, you watched some uh, film on um, on the game against Georgia. And before mm-hmm. I got to the game on Saturday, I watched on uh, the Wake Forest game, and Wake Forest quarterback was was doing them up, man. You know, and uh, especially with the running. I mean, that dude was. I mean, <laughs> he probably be a little faster than Rozier, and you know, Rozier got some speed on him, but he 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 did his thing against Notre Dame. So I was like, hold on, man, this is not a, a top defense to me, in my opinion. You know, so I. I I don't see where they're getting this from about uh, Notre Dame is like an automatic, automatic win. So, um, I mean, what, oh, what, no, what do you think I mean, about that? No, there's no, it's not an automatic win for anybody. I mean, this, this is going to be a real football game. I mean, you've got the number three team in the country playing the number seven team in the country with everything on the line. And, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a real football game, I think. And uh, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be another um, just amazing atmosphere at Hard Rock Stadium, and I'll say the same thing this week that I said last week. I mean, Notre Dame is going to have to be very, very, very good to get out of there with a victory. See, the, the thing is, is like, I don't think Wake Forest, I think Wake Forest didn't even play with their best receiver. Um, the dude, I know we could go here, like, some some crazy stats, like 200-something yards and, like, three or four touchdowns when he played against Louisville, and I don't think he even played this week against Notre Dame, and and, and, and them dudes was just getting at them, and I'm like, hold on, man. You know, Wake Forest don't even have the, you know, the <laughs> the type of athletes we have, and they, you know, and 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 they doing that in Notre Dame. I'm like, man, you know what? This this gonna be cake, in my opinion. I mean, I I know I'm not trying to be cocky Kane fan right now, but I, I just 
I just don't see it, you know. Um, there's a question I had for you. Um, I think you answered it already. Oh, oh, with the um, well, we don't know what's going on with Bunnies or if he's on the team or not, whatever. And, and let's just say he, he's it's, not. On it's the team not looking anymore. good for him. It's not looking good. And you Man. know, he 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 blew it. He he hasn't been a model citizen since day one, and. To you know, with the team eight and zero coming off its biggest victory in years, to go on Twitter and start criticizing the coaches because they didn't put you in the game. Uh, I mean, there's just no room for somebody like that in this program right now. There's too many good things going on. Everybody is on the same page. Coaches, players, support staff. You know, everybody is marching to the same beat. And to have a kid who's like the number seven wide receiver. Uh, going in and being a public malcontent like that, there's just no room for that in the program. And I think Mark Richt is going to use the opportunity to say goodbye. Yeah, man, that that sucks for him. I mean, I was really high on the kid, and I kind of kind of know where he, he he gets it from. You know, I'm not <laughs> not even going to mention that. You know, but um, man, I, I mean, you know, good luck to the kid. I wish him well. You know, I wish it worked down here with him, but. Hey, maybe a different scenery, uh, you know, be better for him or best for him. Um, so, well, since he's gone, or technically he's gonna be gone, who do you think we go for another receiver or not, or, or you know, I don't or think just, so. You know, go- I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it'll change now with him leaving. But they've got, they've got three pretty good ones that they're very happy with. And I think you got to remember, you got two tight ends coming in that are going to play immediately uh, and they're both going to play. They're both exceptional talents. So essentially you, you really got five coming in because if, if you're going to start playing the, these two tight ends a lot, they're going to take up a lot of the, a lot of the space in the passing game. So um, I don't think there's a lot of urgency to go beyond those three. I, I think that the three they have will play in their first year. I think they're all good enough to do so. And I think with what you have coming back, um, that they'll have enough receivers on the team next year. Okay, okay, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Okay, uh, another thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know you know. I try not to pay attention to the you know the social media thing and all that, but don't you think they could they could like you know give you know give it a rest with this Catholics versus convicts things or you know calling the kids thugs and stuff? Cause it, it, I mean, like I said. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we know what the word thug means and what it, you know, what what people really mean about it. But I don't think the kids deserve, you know, to be get, getting called that. And I know um, I seen an interview earlier today when um, on the Sun Sentinel when they was interviewing Coach Thomas Brown, and he kind of alliterated that about the, you know, the kids getting called thugs. And I mean, why is it all of a sudden, you know, these guys are getting called that? You know, is it because of the winning? <laughs> That's <laughs> the a stereotype. It's a stereotype. You know, it's it's just a typical Miami stereotype, and you know now they're watching everybody mug with the turnover chain and whatever, and you know it, it's just it's you know it's it's it's, it's 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 a stereotype. It's just a total stereotype, and it's it's not fair. And I admire Thomas Brown for stepping up today and and, and taking a stand against it when in in his comments. But um, you know these kids aren't thugs. There there's not there's there's if anything they're, they're I mean, I can't think of one kid on the team that I would even say plays like a thug. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, 
they're just a bunch of nighter kids out there playing football to, to my eye. I don't I don't see any thugs. I mean, I don't see any thugs on the offensive line. I certainly don't see any thugs in any, any other position on offense. Um, you know, I don't see, you know, even like Norton and McIntosh, who are the like muscle guys of the defensive line. I mean, I wouldn't say either one of those is a, is, is, is a thug or, <laughs> and, and I mean, these linebacker kids are the nicest kids in the world. And I mean, I, I exactly. can't, I can't tell you that there's one kid on the team that would even come close to being classified as a thug. So like, I don't, you know, it would, I just ignore that stuff. That's just stupidity. I mean, it, it's just crazy. The kids don't deserve that, man. You know, they, it just, it just sucks. You know, it's 2017 and the guys are still, you know, uttering those stupid words, you know, for kids that <laughs> probably didn't even watch not one game back in the 80s and, and, you know, early 90s. I don't even think they're old enough to remember that. But, um, but well, Gary, nice talking to you. I mean, I've been a subscriber for more than 10 years, and this was actually my first time calling. Uh, I appreciate it for everything you're doing. And, man, I, like I said, man, I'm thinking we're going we're to get these guys, man. Blow up. All right. Hopefully it plays out that <laughs> way. We appreciate you, and, and thanks for calling in and being part of the show. 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going to move now to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? It's your boy Sebastian, man. What's going on, man? What is going down, Sebastian? What you got for us? Man, we talked about the keys last week. You remember last week I told you about the keys to the game? Yep. I said something you got to be able to take care of, and I'll just run some of those things down. I'm not going to be long because I know there's a lot of people interested in calling. Man, so you're, what, calling. what you're basically saying is you're getting ready to brag, right? No, I'm I not mean, getting ready to brag. Because were were you right? I, got, I was, Dude, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> were you, 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 you were right, right? <laughs> you, you were right. Yeah, I, I, I said there were some things that we got to be able to do. You know, I said uh, we I said we can't beat Vatek if we can't run for 100 yards. I remember I said that. I said, as painful as it may be, we can throw the ball up and down all we want to, but we got to run on these guys, you know. But all right, well, you got 219, so that's not bad. So that, so, yep. so that needs to happen. The second thing I said is I said I wouldn't be surprised if we throw a pick over the middle because just the way Vatek defense is – and when he threw that pick over the middle, I was like, man, I got to talk to Gary on Tuesday. I said there was going to be a pick over the middle. And that ended up happening. The other thing I talked about is I said we can't have no uh, mistakes in the kicking game, and the kicking game was sound. What I mean by that is, you know, we didn't turn the ball over in the kicking game. The last time we were ranked that high and we played Vitek, we fumbled the ball on two kickoff returns, if I remember. I mean, I think Audie Burns did one, and I can't remember who the other person that did one, but we ended up doing two. And then I said we just had to block. We just had to be. We just had to block those guys and just be relentless, and we do that. An impressive win by the coaching staff, and I want to spend some time talking about coaching. You know, when I look at these kids play, they just play with a certain attitude where you can just tell that fundamentals and the way they've been taught to play football is just exceptional. And I'll give you a couple of examples. We rarely see a guy, you know, when I used to watch Miami play with the last staff, there was a lot of kill shots. They always try to get kill shots. These guys don't do that. They form, fit, tackle, and they know how to bring those guys to the ground. 
And if you rewatch the game, well, that's what you'll see a lot of. You'll see a lot of exceptional tackling, not a whole lot of kill shots. I mean, there was some impressive hits, but these guys really, really know how to tackle. When I saw that sack strip fumble by Garvin, man, we was watching that during the summertime with Kuligowski teaching those guys how to do that. And when he did that, I was like, man, that was just textbook. It was exactly how he coached him to do it. You know, to hit the guy hand real hard and with a violent hit and a violent swipe, and that was a fumble. And this guy's a true freshman. What I mean by that is if you're getting that into your athletes from inception, you know, these guys are going to be like talented pros when they make it to the next level. And then the other thing I can see is just the growth I see from the secondary. I mean, I mean, these guys are playing the ball. You remember when we watched the Georgia Tech game? We was like, let's watch his eyes, let him see if he catch the ball, and then try to swipe it out, rake it out of there. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Look at where we at, where you see these guys actually violently playing the ball. You know, it's just absolutely just phenomenal. And when I see these guys play, I mean, they just remind you of what Kane football is supposed to look like and supposed to be like. I don't know if you want to comment on that. I got two other things. Um, I'm going to let you go right ahead because I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, there's not much I can add to it. The coaching is phenomenal right now. I mean, just, just, I mean, just absolutely impressive. The other thing I want to talk about is the offensive line. I mean, you know, there were times when I was like frustrated with like Darling, but when I when I see the 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 work the offensive line has done, I don't think we had one holding call in the game. You have to look at the stats. I know we had some penalties. But I don't think we had one holding call. They yeah, haven't had a lot call. all year. There, I, you know, and neither have the opponents. For for some reason, I I got to think that the ACC officials have made a concerted effort to not call holding as much as they maybe have in the past and stuff because there really haven't been a lot of holding penalties all year on any team. They, they, you know, you're absolutely right. But when I, I mean, I'm really focused when I see the Canes play, and you just don't see hold. When I see I mean, egregious holding calls by, like, McDermott or St. Louis or Darling. You know, we used to, we, I used to just get frustrated with those things back in the day, but you hadn't seen that this year. And I got to give a shout-out to Navon, man. I know he's playing on a bum ankle, but, I mean, they, the boys play. They play. They play. They tails off. And so I was just really impressed with that. I want to transition a little bit. I want to talk about recruiting because I'm watching the class and – I feel, I mean, we may get one or two decommits, and it may be for a variety of reasons, but I really think the class is kind of locked in in, in in regards to the folks that we have committed. So I'm looking at the class, and I'm trying to see when I look at it from a talent perspective and a depth perspective where we really need to sure up some holes. It looks like we're going to do that in the running back spot. I think we should take – I think we take a quarterback because it's always good to take one per year, so you just have people kind of growing in the program. I'm looking at the left, I'm looking at the tackle spot, and I think we need another tackle. I think we need another tackle. Nobody's saying anything. Hopefully when I get through making my comments, you'll talk a little bit about that. I think we need You're another You're talking about tackle. offensive line or off, defensive line? Offensive tackles. I need offensive tackles. I think I think we need another offensive tackle in the class. Well, I, I, I think they're taking John Campbell with the idea that he'll be a tackle. I, I and I think Cleveland Reed will be a tackle. Um Scaife I would expect to be a guard. Huh? 
Um, so I don't know. I you know, I don't know. I don't know who that who the, who a third tackle would would end up being. Um, there's a kid out of Georgia, J- Jalen Goss, that they're recruiting really really hard. Um, to be honest with you, I'm, I can't remember if he's a tackle or a guard, but I, I know that he's being recruited very very hard. Okay. And uh, they're also looking at Nick Petit uh, Frey, but I don't yeah. know that that one's really going to happen. So I, I think the most likely offensive lineman that joined the class is Jalen Goss. Okay. Okay. I think because I'm just looking, we need – I mean, not somebody that's going to come in and play, but somebody that you would just have in the stead for two years to be able to kind of go from there, you know what I mean, and being able to kind of grow inside the program. I'm also looking at the class, and I'm concerned about the linebacker position. Now, let me let me say this caveat: Mike Smith played his butt off. I mean, I I haven't seen that guy play. I mean, you know, there would be a drop off when Quarterman would go out, and then you put Mike Smith in, but he played a game, Gary. He played a game. I was watching him. I mean, he was, you know, not that read and react. I mean, he was just. I mean, just aggressive the whole entire game. You know, he wasn't he wasn't thinking too much. I mean, he coached the boys up well. So the linebacking, when I look at the linebacking class, I think we need one. I don't think we need two linebackers in this class because next year all three of your linebackers are going to be juniors. And I'm not saying they're going to jump to the NFL, but I'm saying you need to start building that depth just to be able to absorb, you know, injuries or attrition or any of that stuff. So can you talk to me a little bit about a linebacker position? I think in a secondary um, spot. I think I think there's two there's two guys that they're looking at. Uh, Patrick Joyner. They're both actually committed to Florida State. Patrick Joyner, and from South Dade, and, and a kid by the name of John Huggins. Uh, and if they're going to take a linebacker, I think it'll be one of those guys. But I don't think that it's considered a, a major major priority this year. Uh, you know, be, because they they've got everybody coming back next year, I, I I think it'll become more of a priority next year. Next year, I okay. think you'll see them take four or five linebackers. Okay. All right, this is going to be my last com- comment because I got a lot of people on there, Gary. Appreciate you listening to me. I got to talk about how well the true freshmen played in the fourth quarter. I think those guys got so much burn. They learned so much. I mean – I think they got we. I think we got so much mileage out of like uh, Carter, out of Smith, out of uh, Bandy. I mean, if when you if you rewatch the game and you watch how much that young talent played that fourth quarter, I mean it was so encouraging. I even thought when they put Nose in the game that he was a lot more understanding what was going on because he had some kind of experience. And why do I talk about that? When we go deeper in the season, you know, we got Virginia, we got Pittsburgh, and we got to go to Clemson. I mean, depending on how far we go into the season and commit uh, and be able to compete, like in the playoff scenario or whatnot, those boys are going to be crucial in regards to subs and high-intensity game and stuff like that. And just being able to have athletes out there that you can trust. Can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying again. Uh, you know, I think the coaching, 
on the defensive side of the ball has been absolutely incredible all year long. I, I think that the production that they're getting out of these young kids is just insane. I mean, you know, I watch Trey John Bandy, for example. I've been watching him very closely because I happen to really like the kid. He's a really nice kid. And, and I mean, my God, I mean, he's solid as can be. I, I, and, you know, listen, I, I, yeah, every in every way. He's solid tackler. He's covering well. But, you know, I, I think you're kind of getting the perfect storm a little bit this year, to be totally honest, uh, um, with no disrespect at all, because I've already said how great I think the coaching has been. But I just think that Miami is matched up so well against these teams that they're playing. The, I mean, the reason a lot of these games have stayed close is because of the inconsistency on offense. But I think the Miami defense has matched up very, very well with everybody they've played. I, I don't think they've played an elite quarterback. Um who who is really gonna challenge that youth in the secondary maybe you know the way like a, a top shelf guy that's gonna go be drafted in the first round of the national football league might you know the way mitch trubisky did last year for example when miami played north carolina um so i, I think that in every way with all the tough games being at home uh, you know, I think that this is the perfect storm this year, which is obviously great for the program because it's allowing the program to maybe take a step forward ahead of its time and certainly faster than a lot of people would have predicted that it would. And um, these freshmen have held up great, and hopefully it continues to stay that way. They do. This is my last comment, Gary. You could just put me on hold. Can, can, do you, is there any way we, we can see, you know, because I think we're going to have to run on Notre Dame, uh, getting bigger wide receivers in the game in regards to how healthy is Cager and will we see uh, Langamore in, into the game? Is it just more of a scheme thing where the personnel doesn't kind of match up or those? I, I don't know what's going on there. In regards, I haven't seen Cage in the last couple of games, and so I'm not sure if he's kind of nicked up or whatnot. But no, I don't think he's nicked big... up. I think he's I think he's out of favor. I, I mean, I don't think that they were happy with how he was playing when he was playing, and that these other guys, you know, how do you take Berrios off the field? How do you take Amon Richards off the field? Um, you know, Jeff Thomas is a guy that they think is going to be elite once he learns what he's doing, and he scored touchdowns in three straight games. So, I mean, like, you know, there's just other guys that have been doing better than Cager, and he's going to have to wait his turn. And when he gets an opportunity again, which he will, uh, he's going to have to take advantage of it the way Daryl Langham took advantage of it, for example. Awesome, Gary. Hey, man, you keep me on hold, man. Kane Nation is rocking. Gary, I always told you, I said, hey, man, if we can keep that South Florida talent from going to Tallahassee, man, the sky is the limit. Keep me on well, hold, and we'll keep the conversation going. All righty, man. Thank you for being part of the show. I think you're seeing the focus on the South Florida talent, and I think you saw it loud and clear this week when they um, when they decided to give the offer to, to uh, Chatfield, for example. I think that was a great sign of – just where the commitment in recruiting is and it's the South Florida kids and you know Chatfield was the kid that didn't get an offer for all through the last couple of years when a lot of kids were getting offered and um, they kept watching him and kept looking at his development and obviously being here in South Florida they get to see these kids a lot more than if they're elsewhere in the United States and um, they finally decided that they to, to pull the trigger on them uh, basically evaluated that he's a better prospect than, say, a, a kid like Coyote Aladale, who's uh, you know another South Florida kid that was being looked at for a while. Um, the coaches 
did their evaluations and decided that Chatfield was better. And um, they offered him. And I, you know, I think that you're going to see him join this class at some point here uh, relatively soon. So the commitment to recruit South Florida uh, is unquestionably there. Um, another thing I wanted to comment on was we've been talking about this for several weeks and we, we talked about it early in the show and that was the future of Mark Walton. And, um, you know, I, I did some checking here in the last 15 minutes with uh, some of my sources in the National Football League, and I found that what I've been telling you guys is 100% spot on with one exception. The people in the NFL, they think that Mark Walton is going to declare um, for the NFL. They, they, they're, ex- they're, they're expecting – they are prepared for him to declare for the NFL in their scouting of him. And, and so they're not, you know, that, that's what they're anticipating. And he's probably going to be a fourth, fourth or fifth round draft pick if he goes out. Now, if I'm Mark Walton and I'm, or I'm advising Mark Walton or I'm Mark Walton's parents or, or any of the above, I'm telling Mark Walton to go back to school. Now, the problem is that Travis Homer has established himself while Mark Walton's been out and you're going to have a hard time beating out Travis Homer now to the point where, you know, you're going to be the man again, the way Mark Walton was to start this season. And the other problem is Lingard coming in who might be better than both of them. So, you know, and, and, and these coaches, they play the best guys. They don't play games. You don't get favored because you're an older kid or, you know, or anything along those lines. So I don't know, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation. I mean, if, if I think if I were Mark Walton, I would come back and try to improve my stock. Um, you know, if he is in fact a fourth or fifth round draft pick, which is what I think and, and, and what some of my sources in the, in the league have told me, um, I don't think I would accept that. Like, I don't, I, you know, I, I think he's got a capability to maybe be better than that if he works hard and, and comes back and has a good year next year and he would certainly get opportunities. So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but that's the uh, situation that Mark Walton will be looking at here over the next few months as he evaluates his future and um, he'll go from there. All right. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. You hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out to the 310. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Uh, Righteous Kane. Hey, what's up, Righteous? What you got for us this week? Well, first of all, I like to uh, say indictments need to be handed out to Manny Diaz and defensive coaches as well as the uh, players like Jaquan Johnson and Sheldrick Redwine. I mean, those are some vicious hits they delivered. I mean, first-degree assault out there. It was a great thing to watch. Some classic Canes football, merciless, especially that last drive. They, they made sure that no garbage touchdowns were going to be given up. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Yes, it is, no doubt. And the funny thing is, this team hasn't even played their best game yet. That's the funny thing about it. I don't think I agree. They still haven't played their best game. They, they have not played a complete game on offense for sure. And this week, I'm hoping we'll see that, a more complete game from the offense. You know, a lot of the offensive line did a good job. I just hope they can continue to hold up. I hope that Malik Rogier can cut down on the turnovers and be a little more accurate with the football. If he can do that, this game should be very similar to last week. The results should be very similar to last week. 
And picking back to what you said earlier about Mark Walton, I hope that he follows your advice because Joe Yerby made a similar mistake and he's paid the price. You know, he didn't even get drafted. Now, Mark Walton probably would get drafted, but just wouldn't be as high and he wouldn't make as much money as he should, you know, on his first contract. And, you know, I, I don't know who's in these players' ears about these things, especially at the running back position, unless you're someone like, um, you know, uh, Nick Chubb. Well, not, not Nick Chubb. Who's the guy who's on the L.A. Rams who's on the Georgia, who's formerly at Georgia, who's really good? Unless you have that kind of skill set. Todd know, Gurley? It's just not going to happen. Yeah, Todd Gurley. Yeah. Unless you're like Todd Gurley or uh, Leonard Fournette, unless you're that type of player, you know, it's just not going to happen for you in that first or second round. So I hope he learns from Joe Yearby and just says, you know what, maybe I need to come back. Plus, the school will take care of you. You know, you, you can get like an insurance policy. You know, it, it'd be the school will take care of you. There's no no question about that. I think running backs kind of tend to have those things predisposed in their minds. You know, just because, right? You know, of the position. You know, um, right. Right. That's that's most unfortunate. Yeah, I just hope he does stick around. Um, question for you about Kyleon Herbert. Is he developing well enough that he could crack the rotation, you know, next year? He's kind of an exciting offensive line prospect. I really like him. It's it's too early to talk about that. We have we'll have to see how he does in the spring. Uh, you're gonna you'll have you'll have a wide open okay. competition in the in the spring for the, for that spot. Okay. And then John Ford, I think he's played a little bit this year, but uh, is he developing no. well enough to, to at least – no, not really? No, he's, he's redshirting. I don't think he's stepped foot on the field this year. Oh, I thought, I thought the Palm Beach Post said something about him taking like a few snaps and they had a list of all the players. But I could be wrong, though. I thought he had – I don't believe, I don't believe he stepped time. foot on the field this year. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. Too late. And, the best thing to redshirt on next year. If he's going to tackle right. the back this year, the back of the line is going to be, it's going to be unfair. Because you're going to have Norman McIntosh as seniors at their best. Ford, yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty impressive. And I think D.K. Yeah, Johnson true. is going to end up a defensive tackle, too. I think he's going to outgrow the end position. Yes, yes, I, I was thinking the same thing. And especially for next year, it's a possibility that Norton and McIntosh might leave. I, I hope that one of the two will stay, but there's a very good chance that both of them might leave. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel the same way about them. I mean, McIntosh is having a, a, a real good year. Yeah, he is. And, you know, the temptation might be there. Now, again, I know in December, I believe, is when they have the evaluation. They kind of tell you where you'll likely end up. So if he's given a first, late first round or second round evaluation, he's probably just going to go. Yeah, we'll but see. I we'll see. I, I, yeah, I think that's 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 still to be determined where, where they project. They, there's still right. a lot of. You know, we have a, yeah, exactly. McIntosh has, been, has McIntosh has really picked it up the last few weeks, though. Yes, he has. I would I would put and him in the really, category yeah. of um of of Chris Herndon as guys on the team that are really helping themselves this year. Oh, absolutely. Herndon's a beast. He's doing an excellent job, and I can't wait to see. I, I think he could be like a late first round, early second round pick. No, he, he, he doesn't have he doesn't have the speed that Njoku has, but but he'll he'll be he he could get into the third round. I think you know if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I think he, oh, you know okay. you, you might see him you might see him sneak into the third round. Oh well, that's that's good for him. Is Irvin the second? Is he continuing to improve himself? I know he's had some troubles. Is he starting to kind of get his act together? 
I don't know. You know, who knows oh. with that kid. Uh, sad to hear. It'd be a waste of talent if he ends up like you know, like Mullins and has to leave. And, and I'm the guy, Giovanni Haskins, he's another waste of talent. That's yep. sad. Well, the good news By is way, you got two elite. I think you got two elite tight ends coming in for next and year. And Jordan and Mallory, yes. Jordan yeah, and Mallory, they're both, I can't wait for those two They're both in. really good. They're very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the, the film on them. They look, they look very, very good. That's um, gonna, th- th- those two are going to be another Najoku and Herndon duo for the next at least three years to four years. Oh, that'd be great. And also, you have Palendi, who I think would probably be a good blocking tight end when it, when he, as he yeah, gets we'll bigger see. and develops further. Uh, we'll see. He's kind of been uh, a disappointment last... so far. Ah, uh, that's sad. Uh, one last question about Nigel Bethel. I heard that he wanted to commit, and, and that the staff told him no. Is that true? I wouldn't doubt it. I don't. I don't think they're recruiting him very much at all. Okay. That's, that's awful. You got to remember. You got to remember. Around. Why would they take Nigel Nigel Bethel right now? Like, look at what's going on. You've got five DBs already committed. You're hoping that Tyson Campbell would become a sixth, and then you're still recruiting. You're still recruiting Pat Sertain, who you would take, mm-hmm. which would give you a seventh right. if he wants to come. And then they got this kid mm-hmm. out of Oxbridge in West Palm Beach, uh, Kydron Smith, that they love, that they're dying to take, and including the class. They're just, you know, they, they don't, uh, how do you take eight? Eight? So, like, you know, you, you, they've yeah, already got seven that they're locked into. So there's just no room for and Nigel what? Beth. And plus, you have three young corners who are playing out of their mind right now with Michael Jackson correct. and um, Malik yeah, Young correct. and Trajan Bandy. Yeah, you know, by so the way, I, I was no, I was just going to okay. say there's no room. There's no room for Nigel Bethel. All right, I just wanted to say I remember last time when I called a few weeks back. Uh, the 20, I was telling you how that 2014 class is starting to pay dividends. After watching this last game, that 2015 class now of players is starting to pay dividends. You know, Sheldrick Redwine stepping up, Michael Jackson stepping up, Jaquan Johnson stepping up. You know, Tyree St. Louis on the on the, on the uh, offensive line. You're starting to see the 2015 guys now starting to come into their own. And you know, this is a very very good thing. Tyler, you know, Tyler Gauthier, you know, someone who wasn't really sure about, but he's turning to be a decent center. So it's good to see these classes are now starting to finally pick up the slack, and then the young guys behind them are picking it up, and it's setting up, setting the uh, the tone for the future. Yep. All right, man. Well, thank you for calling in and being part of the show. Thank you, sir. Give us a call next week. Appreciate it. So, guys, a few years ago, you heard me talking about it on the show. I was introduced to a couple guys named Jeff and Andy who were two ordinary guys who were just totally fed up with doing what we do all the time, going to the drugstore, buying overpriced razors, standing in line, waiting for a clerk to open up a locked up counter because people, you know, they're, they're, those razors are so expensive, people steal them all the time. So they got to keep them locked up behind lock and key um, so that people can't just walk out of the store with them. And it just makes a total hassle out of going and buying these razors, and then you got to pay ridiculous prices for them. Well, Jeff and Andy decided to start Harry's and just fix shaving for guys like myself and all of you out there who are listening to the show tonight. And uh, ever since I got introduced to Harry's razors by Jeff and Andy, uh, shaving's been a whole different experience for me. I love their razors. I love their shaving cream. Um, great products, very easy to order. They come, you know, they get shipped right to your house. You don't have to go to the store and deal with all the aggravation um, 
that we just talked about of buying razors in the store. Well, Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades the way that I do that Jeff and Andy called this week and they said, hey, we want to talk to these guys at Kane Sport Live and give them a chance to try Harry's razors and Harry Shave products and uh, you know see if they like them as much as you do. And uh, so Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price. And they will give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com and you'll just pay for shipping. And um, they bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience to ensure the highest quality. All products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. And Harry's offers their blades at half the price of the leading five-blade razor, selling directly to you over the internet. So claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. It's a $13 value for free when you sign up, and it, it, you just got to cover the shipping. Your free trial set will include a weighted ergonomic razor handle, which are really great. Great, great to uh, allows you a lot of flexibility when you're shaving. You're going to get a five precision, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. You're going to get rich lathering shave gel, and you're going to get a travel blade cover. So to get your free trial, go to harrys.com right now. That's harrys.com and change shaving every single day before you go to work, before you go out on, on, out with your wife, before you go out on a, on a hot date on the weekends. You want to look your best. Give their products a try, and I think you'll see that it'll change your shaving experience the way that it has mine. All right, let's go back to the show. We've been talking a lot about the tight end for the Miami Hurricanes, a gentleman by the name of Christopher Herndon, who just makes big play after big play every single game. So now let's go out to his dad, Chris Herndon Sr. Chris Herndon Sr. One of the favorite calls on, on Kane Sport Live. Someone we're happy to have him. We're happy to have him. How are you doing this week? Herndon, how are you doing this week? Are you there? Are you there? Boy, we're hearing our we're hearing ourselves twice. Mr. Herndon, if you can hear me, just call back in. I'll just find call back I'll, in. I'll find I'll I'll find you in the queue. I'll find and, you in and the we'll queue. Get you on. Wow, that was strange. I haven't had that happen before. Um, all right, let's uh, in the meantime, let's go out to the two five six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's happening, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama. Hey, what's up, Juan? How you doing this week? Hey, I just wanted to – I'm doing pretty good. I just wanted to say real quick, a while ago when you was about to put Mr. Herndon on, it told me that I was unmuted, and I all I could hear was a bunch of echoes after that. So I thought I was already on. Huh. So, you know, I don't know what no, that's this is about. A pretty, uh, this is a pretty complicated system that we do this show on, to be honest with you. And um, <laughs> it, it works pretty well most of the time. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if you think about what we're doing here, we've got a, we've got switchboards. This is all over the Internet. We've got a switchboard <laughs> that we're working with and, and obviously a broadcasting system and everything else. I mean, it's a pretty complicated system, but it works uh, pretty well most of the time. We don't have too many technical problems. Indeed, indeed. I mean, I just pretty much summed it up as a major call overload, you know, due to the fact that we putting in work, Gary. Yeah? You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we, got a, we got a lot of people on tonight. But go ahead. So what you got for us? <clears throat> All right, I just want to – I got a couple of things real quick, Gary. Uh, I would love for – well, let me start off by saying 
after all of the calls that we had last Tuesday, a lot of people should be feeling real, real, real happy tonight because a lot of things that a lot of us talked about, including myself, we did in that game. I mean, we didn't necessarily complete. We, we didn't necessarily play a complete game, but we played a hell of a fucking game, Gary. And I just like to say that first off. Uh, just to go ahead and get into a couple of notes I got. Uh, I would like for us to to see us run a little bit of a, you know, just a couple of pistol formations. You know what I mean? Just to just to get out of that shotgun since we can't really line up in the I formation. Why not go ahead and get in a pistol set? You know that way. Uh, uh, what's his name? Homer can uh, Homer and the other RVs actually put their foot in the ground and get a better push off. Uh, if Margaret ain't being uh, reviewed for Coach of the Year this year, then I don't know who deserves. It, just to be honest with you. I mean, he's obviously one of the leading candidates. We'll see how this how the season finishes, but uh, he's got to be one of the leading candidates right now. Indeed. Uh, I, I I mean, I heard a little bit of the show, but I don't know if y'all talked about any injury updates or anything. I mean, how are we looking as far as that goes? Um, other than Demetrius Jackson, who had surgery, I, I think the team's pretty healthy. Uh, Rozier's got a little bit of a sore shoulder. They're getting a lot of therapy on it, a lot of heating pads, trying to loosen those muscles up and things like that. Uh, but for the most part, the team's pretty healthy. Okay, so D. Delaney's good to go? Yeah. He's just going to have a hard time getting on the field because everybody's playing so well. All right, and that's, that's not a bad thing, Gary. That's, that's what I like to see, that type of stuff. I mean, I said that last week. It's good to see other players that, I mean, including myself once again, that a lot of us was like, man, you know, I don't know if he should be here. Mike Smith and, I mean, even Michael Jackson, not saying that they shouldn't be there, but it's just like, you know, when are they going to elevate? When are they going to, you know, show what they can really do? And, I mean, this coaching staff has really brought it out of a lot of players on their team, man. I, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, as far as recruiting, I haven't been following it since Big Six and all those guys never came to Miami. I gave up after that. I figured I wouldn't stress myself out. So You know what? Speak of Here, here's, field, what I, who is that? here's what I have found through the years, okay? And and we've we've dealt with that before with him and – um, there was a defensive lineman, Bryant, a few years before that, and that you know looked like he was coming and switched at the last minute and all that. Um, the kid, Valentine, that went to LSU, you notice most of those guys have not really amounted to much. And the, the, the thing that I found is lots of times in those situations, it ha- what happens happens for the best. And um, I wouldn't sweat any of those defections for one second other than maybe Dalvin Cook. <laughs> And he was never really coming to Miami. So, you know, I think it's all good. Indeed. But uh, as far as the recruiting, who is Chatfield? Like, I mean, what position does he play? He's kind of like a hybrid defensive end linebacker. Uh, You know, it could go either way depending on how he grows, how he develops. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, he's probably more of a defensive end than a linebacker. Okay. All right. Just to go ahead and get along further along in my notes, uh, people, a couple of people I heard earlier bring up the Paul Feinbaum thing. Man, hey, let me just tell y'all. Look, I'm 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 down here with a lot of other people that's in SEC country. That dude ain't talking about nothing, guys. You know, last year he just said this place was a dumpster fire. The year before. 
Then he went back and reneged on those comments. I mean, right now, I mean, he's just looking like a fool. So let's keep on making him look like a fool and keep on winning. Let's ball out. Now, last year, ND had a bye week before they played us. And, you know, they went, what, four and eight, I think, on the season. I mean, they really wasn't a really good team, in my opinion. We should have beat them last year. So I think we should come out. And just like all the rest of the games, it's like we coming out with a vengeance. So let's go ahead and just end them. Let's end them. Just just come out and just stomp their heads into the ground. Uh, ND has lost their last five, the last five games in Miami. That's why not make it six. You know what I mean? I like the number six. Let's go ahead and make it six in a row. Uh, let's see. Let's go to my other notes right here. Wimbush. Let's see. He says that the last game after they played Wake Forest, this dude said that he thinks that they did a pretty good job, but they need to elevate their game next week against us and that they're going to have a very convincing win and come out with a, you know, a more dominant win. I'm, you know what I mean? I, I don't. I'm just like, okay, that's great. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're saying all this stuff. It means nothing. All the talk is means absolutely nothing at eight o'clock on Saturday night. At eight o'clock on Saturday night, he's gonna have to walk into Hard Rock Stadium, which, as rabid as it was last week, I can only imagine it's gonna be more insane this week. And he's gonna have to go out there in that inferno and perform against a defense that's playing as well as any defense in America right now. And if he can do that, and he can do it consistently for three, three, three and a half hours, and he can lead Notre Dame to victory, I think we all will have to tip our hats to him and say congratulations. But all the talk and all the nonsense leading up to it means absolutely nothing. Indeed. But, I mean, now I'm not taking it, you know, like that. I mean, I don't appreciate it. Now, don't get me wrong, but – I mean, it just it just makes me laugh because, I mean, it's a lot of people that hate us and they doubt us. And with that being said, I feel like we look like a top-10 team against Virginia Tech. But in this game right here, they got a pretty decent running back. Now, he didn't play much last week because he, he got injured or whatever. But we must wrap up and we must punish them. We must – we got to punish them. I mean, we just got to punish these guys and just show mm-hmm. everybody what we about. Uh, Rosier, he played – pretty well for the most part. I mean, obviously, we've seen the, the three picks and everything like that. But, I mean, Herb Street was saying it during the whole broadcast. When he took off out the pocket, he was – I mean, he just looked way different all year than he's looked when he ran the ball. It was like he was more determined. I don't know. It was I don't. It was just a <clears throat> something different about it, man. I don't know. This is a different team. I'm feeling it, Gary. Another thing. Uh, it's, it's a very good. It's a very good team that's very well coached and has great chemistry. It's a great locker room. Great locker room. There's no turds on the team. Uh, if somebody even like starts to suggest that they're a turd, they're booted very quickly. And you know it, it, they're not going to let anything upset what they've got going right now. And 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 if anyone's inclined to do so, which there really aren't many that are. They're gonna get a, a, a an exit ticket very quickly. Indeed, and with that being said, right there, Gary, I hope that Mullins doesn't get kicked off the team, man. I mean, to well, be honest with he, you, I hope a, everything works out. He, he was not at practice today. We asked Mark Rick to, about it, and Mark said, kind of put, had a sly smile on his face that he wasn't at practice today, 
Um, if he has anything to announce, he'll announce it. So I don't know. You know I don't know if they're giving. I don't know if they're giving him a chance to to earn his way back or make him. I I have no idea. But I thought it was disgusting what he did after the game the other day, going on Twitter and disrespecting his coaches and suggesting that he was not being treated fairly. Please. Indeed. I mean, it was it was very disrespectful. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of people get second chances. So you know, I hope he gets his second chance. But, well, you know, when he's been out there, said, I, it's not like I, it's not like anybody sees him getting open or anything. It's not like he's, you know, he hasn't, like who, I don't know who he's suggesting should be put aside to make room for him to be out there right now. I mean, and, and it's not like the coaches, if somebody steps up, it's not like they don't give him a chance. Like, look at the way Langham has surged into the the picture this year from nowhere, and he's earned playing time. It's not like they they don't discriminate. Valid points. Valid points right there, Gary. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I just hope, you know, he gets it together, man. I don't want to – I'm so tired of seeing us losing, you know, good players that was like, you know, necessarily coming in as four and five stars and, you know, they go somewhere else and, you know, may do good, may not do good, whatever. You know, I just I just, I just, just wish them well pretty much. And, you know, with that being said, man, I'm going to let other people get on. And, hey, man. Like I said, we we moving on up. We just got to keep the ball rolling one game at a time, and you know, hopefully we'll get our shot at those crimson whores, Gary. Hurricane Florida, right, keep well, me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for uh, being part of the show. Right, let me do a quick search here and see if we can uh, hunt down Mr. Herndon and see if those technical issues have subsided. Uh, Mr. Herndon, you with us? What's going on, Gary? There he is, man. I don't know what happened. We, we we tried to bring you on a few minutes ago, and there was all kinds of echoes and stuff. So uh, glad yeah, we got you now. Fair. So so how you doing? How what do you think of the game this past week? Freaking awesome, man! First and foremost, like you uh, talked about earlier, the crowd was amazing. I mean, for that to be a pro stadium, I mean it was filled to capacity. Like you said, it was a couple of seats up in the uh, top areas that wasn't in uh filled up but man I'm telling you you can really tell the difference on third down. So I give props to all the fans that came out. And it was a noticeable difference than two weeks before that. And two weeks before that we were loud. Last week it was hella loud and, and I can't wait. To see what it's like this coming weekend, amazing, bro. And it was so big, the student section stayed throughout the entire game. Uh, a lot of people was pointing that out, so that was real huge. So, what else? Any other thoughts? How I imagine Chris was pretty happy with the way things went for him with that big play he was able to make. How about the downfield blocking on that play? Man, oh, yeah, that was amazing, man. Braxton Barrios getting in there. And Amar Richards. I mean, Amar Richards really skull-dragged his guy down the field. I mean, that was that was really impressive. And someone like my son who's always blocking, 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 it was great to see other people blocking for him, Yeah. you know, so he could get downfield. And, and like you said last week, you can tell the difference in this receiving core because the receivers are starting to block uh, downfield, and that's, and that's huge. So I think we're going to have an outstanding game. 
Our, our defense is playing lights out. I'm really excited about it. Uh, one of the callers mentioned earlier about the mismatches that will present itself. I, I do believe that there will be a mismatch on, you know, their their front seven is designed for the ground and pound. The, the big, I think there will be a mismatch at a linebacker trying to cover the tight ends, but that's something I don't think they're going to go to every play, which, is, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, if they're scheming for that, we are counter, uh, counter scheme for it. Use them as a decoy, put them in. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of bubble screens because, like one of your callers said earlier, getting out on the edges, that's where they're suspect at. Yep, that's what we I think. We have a lot, of way, a lot of ways to get out on the edges. I mean, even with Travis Homer. I mean, so I think we will attack the edges. We'll give them that eye candy to run up the middle, but we're going to attack the edges. Bubble screens, I think we'll see Young Herndon line back, you know, in the backfield at a fullback. We ran this play a couple times where he lined up as a full. He scored one of his touchdowns off of it. So I think it's going to be a lot of different eye candy. And as long as they're focusing on him in the middle of the field, we're going to have opportunities down the field with these fast receivers. I believe Ahmad Richards is going to be huge for us because if they're scheming for a tight end coming off the line of scrimmage in the slot or whatever, it's going to present a lot of one-on-one mismatches on the outside. And I I have the full uh, confidence in Ahmad Richards. He's healthy, and he's going to win that one-on-one battle along with Braxton Berrios. Braxton is going to be huge in this game because – He's he's quicker than he is fast. So he'll be able to duck in behind these linebackers, hit certain holes. So, I mean, it's, you said it earlier. I think this would be a great chance to have a complete game from the offense and the defensive side of the ball. I'm just amped, dude. I... You know, um, I we were talking earlier in the show about the chemistry of this team, and it's – you know, as for someone like myself that's around the program so much and, and you know, I, you, you just can really see it. Like these kids really love each other and they love playing with each other and they love working for each other. And, you know, it, it really comes to, to, the, to the surface on a play like what Chris scored on the other night where, you know, you've got Barrios and Richards blocking their tails off. Like, like uh, you don't see that. You don't see that very often in college football. You don't see it very often in the NFL, quite frankly, where people are just selling themselves out the way those guys were uh, to allow Chris to, to make a big play like that. And, uh, you know, I think it's a tribute to, the, to the, just the, the way these kids feel about each other, to the chemistry that they have out there. And I, and I, and I think that they're getting what they deserve and they're getting a special season. And, uh, you know, hopefully it continues Saturday night because, um, you know, not many teams obviously go through entire seasons without ever losing. And obviously nobody on this show wants to ever see the Canes lose a game. And, uh, they've won 13 in a row right now, but, uh, these kids are getting what they deserve and they're getting a special season. They're going to get to go to a really good ball game. And, um, you know, it's great to watch. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, with the chemistry, I mean, uh, it's a close-knit team as far as with my son. He has the linebackers around him that he's real cool with. Like you said, the other receivers, 
I mean, this this really is. You hit on it earlier. This is a tight tight knit group. I mean, the entire team. Uh, I, I can't really say of any one person, you know, that my son has talked about that wasn't, you know, on board with this or on board with that. They they want each other to succeed, and that's key. And so they go all out. They go full out when they, like you said, you know. With his four three speed, he wouldn't have got to the end zone without Ahmad Richards and Braxton Berrios. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about Young Herney. You know, he's he runs a four three forty, but he wouldn't have got there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you know, I, 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 I caught that the first time, and I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know how to react. <laughs> oh no! Believe me, I'm honest about everything. The only time you'll see a four three is, you know, if I'm. And you could be I'm honest clocking. about everything, but uh, you could be honest about everything but that because that's his senior year. So let him yeah, think he yeah. runs four three. <laughs> that's right. Hey, but you know what? All I care about is when he dropped his shoulder, and he looked like he four three. So that's yeah. cool. No, but I yeah, mean I've um, he he with the way he's playing this year is not going unnoticed. He's uh. He he's caught the eye of a lot of a lot of people at the next level, and uh, it's going to pay off for him. And again, like I, I always said when I call in, because this is you know I work with him with his hands and everything. I love his blocking. You know, being a yep. tough guy, getting in there doing the small things, and and I, I always referred to him as another Greg Olson. Want to be on the field. Um. All three plays, and he's a four because he's on special teams. And, and I've said that for years about Greg Olson. He does it all the time. So, no. And one caller alluded earlier that like, he's always on the field. Mm-hmm. That's because he makes himself available. And he, he he goes hard like that. So, and I tell you what, man, his special teams. The special team is going to be huge in this game. I mean, as long as we cover. Get them pinned down. Man, our defense, I have every bit of confidence in our defense. You know, it was playing lights out. I guarantee you they're going to stack. They're going to stack the box and make this quarterback beat us with his arm, which everybody that watched football, if you watch Notre Dame games, you don't have that confidence that this guy can beat us with his arm. I mean, and our defense has gotten better Every week, so you know, I definitely want a good place for that defense. All right, well, I'm sure we're going to see you out there again Saturday. It was great seeing you this past Saturday. I'll make sure I come say hello this Saturday, and it's going to be another exciting right. uh, night. And hopefully, they get it done. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right, Mr. Herndon, we'll thank, thank you as always. Friday night, so. yep. All right, thank you, thank Wait. you as always for calling in. All right, take care. All right, thanks. All right, guys, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run through some of the questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com, and then we're going to go rapid fire for the, for the last uh, 35 minutes or so of the show. I know, I know there's a lot of you still on the line. I'm going to try to get to everybody, um, but I don't want to ignore these questions that were submitted, so let me go through them really quick. Um, will the weather and team speed play a big role in this game? Because when Notre Dame played Wake Forest, the, their the team speed was a little bit too much for them, and it was cold up there. But down in Miami, it's going to be hot. Um, team speed has always been Miami's calling card in, the, in this series, and uh, the Hurricanes, I think, have to hope that that's the case here as well. Uh, this Notre Dame team is built 
around its offensive line, really, to play smash-mouth football. And, and that's where they feel they've turned their program around by going to that type of identity. But uh, that has not always worked well through the years against athletic Canes teams. And uh, I think if you're Miami, you're hoping that your athleticism and your speed um, is what allows you to gain an edge in this game. Um, what do we expect scheme-wise or uh, against Notre Dame? Um, I would think that uh, defensively that they're going to look to find ways to be stout at the point of attack and not let Notre Dame run the ball the way that they're going to want to. And um, I, like I said earlier, I, I think Zach McLeod as the physical – most physical of the linebackers has a chance to really make a big impact in this game. And I think he'll have a bigger role than maybe he's had the, the last few weeks. Are Notre Dame's weaknesses, how can Miami take advantage of them? In the, uh, in the tape that I've seen, it looks to me like you can attack them out on the perimeter with the running game, with jet sweeps, outside runs, bubble screens. Uh, that That's where they look a little susceptible to me. Uh, I haven't watched every game, but I, I did watch a lot of the Georgia game, and that's what, what I walked away with. Um, I think Amon Richards matches up well with their defensive backs. I'm looking for him to have a big game this week and get get more targets than maybe he, he's been getting. Um, I think in terms of the matchup against their offense, I'm not sure that they're great at throwing the ball. And I think Manny Diaz is going to want to stop the run at all costs and make them try to win the game throwing the ball where Miami's pass rush can be impactful, and um, maybe they can get that turnover chain going a little bit this week as well. Can the offensive line have a repeat performance of what they did last week? And, yeah, I mean, they really had their best game to date against Virginia Tech. I think that had to give them a lot of confidence. So I think they can have a very good game again this week, and there's no reason to think that they won't. Um Let's see, recruiting, we've talked a lot about tonight already. Um, questions about recruiting, some pertain to official visits for this weekend's game. And I, um, the quarterback, Jaron Williams from Georgia, is going to official visit this weekend, as well as the JUCO defensive tackle, Jared Goldwire, who's committed to Louisville right now. Those are the two officials. There's going to be a whole lineup of, of kids coming on unofficials and, you know, just coming to the game. Uh, we're still – firming up that list and we'll have it posted on the website as the week goes forward. Um, a really good special teams question came in. It seems like Braxton Berrios is always fair catching punts because the other team is always down there. Are Miami's guys on the outside who block the gunners, just not blocking them. There always seem to be like four guys around Berrios. Um, seems like Berrios never gets a chance unless the punter shanks it. Is it a blocking problem or great punting? Um, well, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think that Barrios is pretty conservative back there. I think he's fair caught some that he probably could have returned. But one of the reasons he's back there is because the coaches really trust him. And I don't think they're looking for somebody back there that's going to take all kinds of crazy chances. And you notice Barrios never turns the ball over. So I think he's playing the way he's coached to play. I think he's – you know, not looking to take a ton of chances. And um, I think he's looking to be sound and catch the ball and, and not make that a, a problem area for the team. And it hasn't been. He's, um, But I will say, with all that said, I have not personally been impressed with the blocking of either return team. I, I think they're leaving a lot on the table on kickoff returns for sure when they do return them. 
Uh, you know, there really has never been a, a, anywhere to really run on kickoff returns for the most part. I think Jeff Thomas has had one decent return all year uh, that I can remember. So, um, and like the, the the question pertains to, there really haven't been very many great punt returns. The you know Barrios has had a couple each year. He had a couple last year. He's had I think one real good one this year that I believe was in the Florida State game, from what I remember. So for the for the most part, the return game is not a big part of Miami's game right now. That's a place where they can really improve. And 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 hopefully, uh, Todd Hartley, the special teams uh, coach, does a really good job. And uh, hopefully he'll spend a lot of time in the off season and try to find ways to improve that part of Miami's game. Because um, to me, that area has as much upside for this program as pretty much anything they're doing on the field right now. So um, that would obviously be a great thing to see. Um, Will the defense face its toughest challenge or is Notre Dame's offensive line overrated? I don't think Notre Dame's offensive line is overrated, but, you know, they're big and they're strong and they like to maul you. And as long as those, you know, Chad Thomas and um, Kendrick Norton and McIntosh play tough, I'll throw Joe Jackson in there. Smash Mouth certainly hasn't really been his game. But I I saw a stat today where um, Pro Football Focus ranks Joe Jackson as one of the top off defensive linemen in the country based on what they've seen out of him. And I think he only has two sacks on the year. So he's got to be doing something right to be getting those type of accolades from those guys. So um, I think in tandem, those, you know, Miami's front has to come ready for a smash mouth, tough, brawling type of football game. If they play tough, they let the linebackers do their thing. I think Miami's defense will be fine. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And um, where do the Hurricanes have an advantage offensively? Uh, like I said before, I, I would say that the answer to that question would be speed on the perimeter. I think Miami uh, is going to match up well on the outside, and I think Mark Rick will find ways to exploit it. All right, um, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've got exactly 30, about just under 34 minutes of show left. So when I bring you guys on the show, there's a lot of you still on the board. Uh, let's try to keep your comments real precise and to the point. And we'll try to get everybody on before we go to sleep. Um, So let me start now in the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, 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 Gary. What's up, Ross? That's going to be a tough order for you, isn't it? I know. I I said to myself, (laughs) I know. You like like the Rams. You wanted to be short and short, but but, you put me on right away. (laughs) I'll put you. You're the first one, so set the example. Yeah, you did did that. You did that on purpose, Gary. Let's go. Yeah, you did it Hit on us purpose. With what you there got. You go. Hit us. Hey. Go. Let's go. All right. Punter, um, our punting game um, is, is going to need to be very critical critical this this, this week because um, we got to pin them in, 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 the, in the zone as far as in the, between the 20s, and we got to let them work. If they want to maul us, they're going to have to work for every yard that they that they need. They're going to have to work for it. Um, just thinking that um, Coach Cool. You know, and Coach Rick and um, Manny Diaz have seen the offense like this before. Just from being in the SEC, they're seeing this type of play, well, I would say, from Arkansas and a couple of other guys that like to do LSU from back. LSU ain't really trying to throw the ball too much. They like to mold you two in the running game. So they should have the experience right there as far as um, dealing with that type of offense. I, I, I'm i going to hate to see if these guys ever beat us. A um, couple of things, though. 
um, with, with Mr. Bum on ESPN, one of the reasons why I think ESPN is coming to see us get beat, and um, the show is coming to see us. They're coming down, really, Gary. That, that's not, that's they, not fair. That's not well, fair at all. Well, they they were here last I, week, too, to see, uh, to see Miami win. They're, they're coming yeah. for a great football game. It's as, it's as good a game as there is in the country this week. Well, we'll see this week because one of the things I want to see them do, do you, do you know, Van, a couple of things. Do you know where they're going to have – where on campus are they going to have the game, um, game day? And, then, and also, do you know if they're going to have um, total access as far as doing the week? You know how they usually set it up when they're playing both teams? They yeah, can't sure have they like a total access. I'm sure they will. But, okay. Um, I think there's two locations that make sense. I think that the, the green, the you know the green area on campus by the library, that whole where that whole that whole area there, I think is one option. Um, and then the other option, if it, it would be the student union area and the student um, act, the activity center area, and uh, with with the lake as a backdrop. Okay, and I, be I, I think I, that's I, yeah, I, th- I, I I would think that that's the one that's going to win. Because uh, yeah, with the water and everything that, that was showing, and yeah, you know what? And water, hopefully, the new, the new student activity center is beautiful. Exactly. Hopefully, uh, you know, we talking about being thug, you and all that. Hopefully, they mentioned that we are the number one institute in Miami, and we are a top fifty, if not under top fifty, right now. And and hopefully, they made that to light too, because they talking about thug, you. We're actually the smartest school in Florida, hands down. You know, so hopefully, you know, that's something that they mentioned also. Just to, just to finish up, Gary, um, wide receiver blocking, excellent, excellent. These are the things that's going to get these guys drafted down the road. But these are going to go on a highlight tape, along with catching the ball and, and getting yards. Blocking down the field is going to show up on a highlight tape. Um, no how doubt. Bad, what kind of injury did um, D. Jackson have? Was it an ACL? Was it ligaments? I'm curious. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I'll, you know, we'll know more on that as the week goes on. They don't, they, okay. they don't really talk about that too much. You know, medical, and that's, and that's, and medical stuff is, 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 is kind of considered a private deal, but obviously we'll, we'll know more. In, in the and next that's good because we got one of the best medical situations anyway. We got one of the best situations in, in the country anyway. Um, DJ Dallas, how big was he, um, showing what he could do as far as making people miss looking like a running back, looking like a slot guy, catching the ball on a screen play and making two guys miss, and they mentioned that, and he's just looking good. Um, Mike Jackson, the fact that I'm watching national TV, a game, and they're saying that Michael Jackson is considered one of the best cornerbacks in the country, it was like the best feeling in the world to hear them say that because look where he's coming from, and he's up there swatting balls down. He's making tackles, form tackles. And he, he's looking great. He's looking into the play. He looked focused. He looked ready to go. And um, so I, my, my thing there is it's excellent. I do have a, a recruiting situation, though. I'm going to mess up his last name, Gary, but the kid Gregory, I think his last name start with, like, maybe a, um, a G or something. He's in our recruiting class. No, he start with R. R. Or so Gregory, he's listed yeah, as an Greg athlete. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned because if we're getting that kid that we just get the last minute um, offer to, they kind of played, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not really sure what position he plays. They kind of play like the same position. And I think he might about be him and, that field? Yeah, yeah. I think Gregory, I think he might be a last-minute decommitment. I'm just, just oh, something I don't. To, I no, thought, no, Russo, Russo is, looks, looks to us like he's, he's just 
as firm as can be. He's okay. he's been the well, priority I'm, from day one at that position. He's been the guy that they. Where exactly they going to play him though, Garrett? He's the same thing. He's a he's a linebacker DN. They you know you you have to see how those guys develop. It's just like DJ Johnson. You recruit him as a defensive end, and it looks like okay. he's going to grow into a defensive tackle. You know, it's okay. like you got to. It's very hard. You got to be able to project how these kids are going to grow when they start eating, when they start training properly. Um, Russo's a tall, lanky kid. He's 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 not real developed yet. Probably will have to redshirt his first year, but. Um, you know, real good athlete. And there's nothing wrong with redshirting him. I was just concerned. Not I was at all. Seeing, trying to figure out where he was at. Um, also, the wide receiver high child, with the fact that he's from the West Coast, I'm just thinking those are the two guys that I'm kind of like just concerned with. I told you before, being from Jersey, that I didn't really like Arthur. Remember I mentioned that? And he was like, oh, I don't know. He's on his stick. And I said, I'll take the kid from Vegas over him. Because I just didn't feel comfortable. And I didn't think that the staff felt comfortable with him because I watched him during the season, just watched his first scrimmage game, and the rest I just didn't feel too too highly about him. So those mm-hmm. are the things I was just concerned about, Gary. Also, like you was mentioning today and um um just right now, and also Daddy Kane mentioned um the, the tight end um, um father dad. He mentioned the team speed. That's something I think is going to show up well on the field. I think that's something that they're not talking about. That's something they're not bringing up a lot. They're thinking that Notre Dame is going to come and maul us and that we're not going to retaliate. Well, they're going to have to deal with our speed and our stadium and our familiar grounds, and, and, and that's something that's just not being talked about, period. You know? So, um, and one last question, though, no recruit question. If you had to take one, if you had to take one, I'm not asking who you – if you had to take one of the quarterbacks that we're now on, which one would you take? If you only had to take one other two, who do you think we should take? I think Jaron Williams fits this offense per- perfectly. You know, you I think that's why. You, I th- yeah, I think that's why you're seeing them go after him so hard. I mean, in, in a span of two days, they went to see him play and they got him to visit this weekend. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and I, I noticed the guys that they're backed off and not recruiting no more. These are the guys. That's the touchy guys. Those are the guys that. They're not feeling too good. Like they're not feeling too good about him. They don't want to bring a guy like in and and and, and upset the apple cart. That stuff that we've been going on with. So that's really about it for me, man. Um, All right, Ross. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk, I'm glad we talk went. To you next week. I'm looking at I'm looking to dominate with that team speed and and just going over and getting them. We got to get them. We need this. You know, we you we get it. this and we on our way. All right, All right man. man. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being, yep. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the two one two. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's That's up, your last week, and uh, right. I uh, everything I was hoping for last week and happened a little bit more. So I'm I'm going to test you a little bit this week and find out after you and uh, and your your guys have been, who have been around the team a lot this past couple of days after the uh, after Virginia Tech. Uh, what's your sense as to uh, as to how uh, how how up they're going to be to be able to avoid the uh, you know maybe the Ohio State kind of downturn that that Ohio State experienced after beating Penn State? Here's here, here's what I think makes Miami immune to that, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They are rotating so many guys playing so many people that 
nobody's got time to take anything lightly for a week or whatever. It, it's like, it, it, it's like everybody's just chomping at the bit to, to get reps and play. And I just, I think that the way that they're attacking this thing and the way they're involving everybody and, and, and all that, I think that really is almost making them immune to letdowns like that. I think a lot of guys are going to have to have a letdown for Miami to have a letdown. That sounds great. Well, the, certainly the, uh, based on the numbers that are there, the, uh, the guys that, uh, that are sort of waiting, uh, waiting, uh, in the wings to, to take over that, that next man up, uh, slot, uh, should preclude their, uh, you know, they're having that kind of a letdown. I'm certainly hoping, hoping that's right. All the best for yeah. everything. That's- and the offense hasn't played a full game yet this year. So what do they have totally to be like? Right. Like they totally don't have any right. business. Yep. Not being ready. The like offense. they haven't. They they haven't put a full game together yet. You got it. You got it. Well, uh, if they can ever string uh, two games together, like Virginia Tech and maybe this next Saturday night, and <laughs> uh, it will be the best. Uh, the best in the last fifty or so years, and I'm I'm with it all the way. All right, Bob, thanks for calling in. Okay, Gary. You got it. Give us a call next week. Let's go to the 423. You're live on King Sport Live. What up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? What's good? This is Elijah Green, 25. Hey, what's up, Elijah? Man, not a whole lot. Man, I've been trying to tell y'all, definitely, man, we, we looking a lot like that 1983 championship team. And everything is looking that way. Of course, I always make the Kool-Aid, so that's exactly what I'm doing right now in this phone call, man. I, like you kind of pointed out, our offense hasn't fully clicked yet. We still got another gear on our offense. And our defense, our defense has got another gear, too. They haven't brought back any touchdowns yet. And I'm thinking that here in a little bit, y'all going to see that change. Well, that's I'm opportunity. I hope it's going to be this game. That's oh, yeah, opportunity. I mean, but they've been – but they have every, every single game. We're picking off the last three, four games. Yeah, they're getting We've plenty of turnovers. We've four. Yeah. It, you know, take, taking it, it to the house is a, is a matter of opportunity. That's not, you know, you can't really control that. But I'm just saying, I, I mean, you, you've seen something different. Before, you look at the whenever the turnover chain was coming out, the early half of the year, what we do, we'll get a tick, we'll fall straight down. We'd have nobody in front of us, but we'd just fall straight down. Now we're picking the ball off in the end zone, and we're returning at 30 or 40 yards. Something's about to break. They're changing the way that they're coaching that defense. That defense is going to score soon, and I'm thinking it's going to – I mean, my thing is I honestly believe it's going to happen a lot sooner than a lot of people think. Um, it could happen as early as this Notre Dame game. I'm also expecting the same thing with our offense. Every single game, we're just getting there. You know, Malik is starting to put a lot more better games together. Yes, he did have those three turnovers. But, and I think a lot of that also had to do with personnel. That um, over-the-shoulder fade to Jeff Thomas, if you would have had anybody else back there doing that same pass, they would have caught the ball at the high point, and that would have been a good reception. But you have a, you have a, um, a receiver who's six inches shorter than the cornerback. The cornerback makes an excellent play. That cornerback's going to be playing in the NFL. So is Jeff Thomas. But the only difference is that was a height differential. That's supposed to be a jump ball, but he's trying to go for the over-shoulder fade. Um, but my thing is, uh, uh, I'm not going to be long. I know you got a, a lot of people waiting, man. I'm just making a Kool-Aid. 
I honestly think that if we turn this game up, especially Malik comes to play, this is not even going to be a contest. That's just me. And I'm not trying to speak only from a fan standpoint. I'm just looking at it from what Boston College was able to do to Notre Dame, Wake Forest was able to do Notre Dame, uh, Michigan State was able to do, but they lost because they turned the ball over um, and they didn't force turnovers. Um, on the flip side, you've seen, I mean, Wake Forest, a team that never puts over 400 yards. They almost put 500 yards up against the same team and almost beat them. If they didn't turn the ball over, it would have been a different ball game. Um, and, and they don't have our defense. I mean, I'm just thinking it's going to be a uh, – I obviously think if our offense comes to play, our defense is going to take it home, and they're not going to let them score. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a crazy game like that, and I know I'm probably one of the minorities. I'm always making a Kool-Aid, and it takes a lot of time for you get, before you guys finally catch on and start drinking that same Kool-Aid. But so far I've been right. This team is getting better every single week. And we're about to turn that to corner around, and Malik is about to turn it up and turn to be where he's just lights out good. And, and I think it's going to happen sooner than later, um, even our defense. So you can put me on hold. Peace. All righty, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. G-Man, what's going on? Doing good. Doing good. Who's this? <laughs> it's Jackie. All right, Chunky. Um, Go ahead, J-Man. Hey, Tell us me? what you got. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Uh, first, I just want to give shots out to the um, to two coaches that, when they first got hired, uh, were really Manny Diaz too. We we wanted uh, the coach um, the coach from Wisconsin who went to LSU, and we wanted Corey Raymond, the DB coach from LSU. And we wanted KB to stay because we thought he can be a great recruiter. But what happened was with Mark Rick, man, what he did with with, with Dugan and with Mike Rump is almost like genius moves because what the the key factor with our wide receivers, you know, we know they're explosive, but with explosive receivers come that prima donna, you know, that uh, just throw me touchdown. Downfield blocking was big all game in the biggest game. We saw downfield blocking, uh, the team taking on the attitude of their coaches. Uh, Mike Rump taking guys who we, we had on the, uh, the the scholarship list to get more scholarships, guys on the way out becoming the best players on the team. Um, Trajan Bandy's big game is coming this week. Um, Trajan Bandy is going to be the one who get the turnover chain, but he the pick six turnover that's that's coming this week. I'm calling it right now. Um, and also Malik uh, Rossiter for the first half of this well for this season, man. This magical season is because our quarterback is really magical, man. Um, just the fact when he threw that third pick, not the fact that he we knew he was going to throw a pick. I I had a feeling he would because that's Bud Foster, and I knew he would show something that he didn't see a mirage, and he'll throw it into there. But when he threw that third pick, and then he responded with two score scoring drives right behind that. That's when I said this is the le- this is the leader of this team. Malik is the the guy that we've been missing for years. The quarterback to come through that kind of adversity and still go out and produce. He did. I mean, is I can't explain what was going on, but when I saw Malik respond the way he did, he didn't get caught up in the moment. He didn't get down on himself. He didn't come out and get sacked and lose uh, momentum. 
he came back and responded with two scoring drives. I mean, the defense did that thing too, but Malik Rossiter, man, is the most valuable player on this team. Um, and I think we go as far as he goes because we saw with Homer, with Walton. I, I had Walton as a peg, as a first-round pick, barring injury. I just thought he would have that kind of a season. And he goes down, and we didn't miss a beat. We actually almost got a little more explosive. And then so Homer get uh, – we saw DJ Dallas come in the game, and he does some spectacular things too. Um, then we saw the emergence of Jeff Thomas. Uh, we saw uh, 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 Berrios, like, step up and be number two most valuable player on this team. But Malik Rossiter, man, I think if he continues to go the way he goes, I don't think we lose. I think we go into the playoffs. Um, I don't know how it will fall. We may play Georgia. We may play Alabama. But I think the team goes as far as he goes. And I'm looking uh, for this weekend, I'm looking for something like um, 35-17, And you can put me on hold. You can respond right, to it. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, man. Let's go to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. With us? In a quick little beat session. All right, man. Sorry, you got to stay awake there. Let's go to the 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? How you doing? This is Sebastian Pike. What's up, Sebastian? What you got for us? So we have absolutely sucked in the goal line. I mean, listen, we're doing great, but I got to point it out. We've been terrible on the goal line. Uh, what are your well, thoughts Mark on Mark Rickley is like a is? fish out of water down there because he doesn't have a fullback. Yeah. I, do you think that and we keep trying to run inside like a... running plays, and, and, it, and that, that's not how this team's built. Like, you know – Inside running plays when the other team is loaded up on the goal line is not going to work for this team, and it hasn't every single time. You think you think we're going to start running like a wildcat formation? That might be a good idea down there. Or I don't know. I think he, I think Mark Rick's got to be realizing that what what's been going on has not been working. I will say that, and 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 he yeah. he kind of chastised himself a little bit for his for the play calls he made on the first uh, possession when they went down there and didn't score. He didn't. He, he kind of beat himself up a little bit about, you know. I mean, it just it was bad. It just didn't didn't go real well. What I thought was interesting is that we've been saying for for weeks and weeks how we need to run some jet sweeps, and like the first play is a jet sweep to Barrios that has great a great outcome, and then you didn't really see it the rest of the game. You think we're going to see more of those as you know we play Notre Dame and later on in the season, or you yeah, I do a one time kind of thing. I do. Um, I, I I think you'll see it this week. I, I think the way to attack this team is on. You know, is, is that's exactly the way to do it. Do you think um, we're going to get a bunch of celebrities at the game, like uh, A Rod and J Lo? You think the Rock's going to come down? I don't know, but that was pretty cool. I thought you know having A Rod and J Lo there, and it just added to the atmosphere. And uh, I would think, I mean, it, you know, Miami is an is an event town, and this is going to be a big event Saturday night. Are you so, getting the feeling, yeah. you know, with the – I mean, I haven't Dolphins. seen The Rock at too many games. I don't know quite know why yeah. or what, but uh, I guess he's not in town much. But um be great to have him out there. Uh, I think you the know, bigger question the, is who's, who's game day going to use as their guest picker? <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I hope it's The Rock. I hope he, we, we all get to smell what he's cooking. 
Yeah, it would, think, it would be pretty. You know, that the, that would be very cool. You think with the Dolphins, Dolphins, and the Heat taking a step back, and the Marlins obviously sucking. Uh, you think this is Miami's the Hurricanes' chance to kind of be the team of Miami for a good while? I mean, no I think doubt. Miami's just like dying for a sports team that can just rally behind. I mean, this is this is really yeah, the I mean, shot we got. Listen, I'll tell you. I mean. Obviously, I was at the game Saturday night, and then I have Dolphin season tickets, and I went to the game Sunday night. And, I mean, it was just astonishing, like, just the difference in the product, the difference in the excitement level in the stadium. I mean, it's like it was like, like two different planets. Yeah. And, you Hopefully know, the, 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 everything the Dolphins did was artificial. They tried to have a laser show at halftime that stunk and everything else. I mean, I'm telling you, it, it's like, yeah, yeah, Miami's got a chance for this to be Miami's team. No doubt. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Take care. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go now to the 845. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Hey, Greg. what's up, Greg? What happened to you tonight? You must have had a well, dinner I date. Yeah, I'm down here in South Florida. I went to a nice restaurant. I picked up the show late. Played a little golf. Where'd you go? Where'd you go to dinner? Casa D'Angelo in Boca. It's a great restaurant. All right, great. Yeah, yeah, I've been to the one in Fort Lauderdale. And and where'd you play golf? I played at uh, Meisner Country Club in Delray. All right. So what do you think? What you, what you got? What do you got to say this week? I love the game. The, I was at the game the other night. Actually, the guy just mentioned the jet sweep on the first play. And then did you notice we were running the clock down when we had the lead later in the game? Mm-hmm. We were running the clock down to like three seconds. Not like the Syracuse game. But anyway, I wanted to ask you something about uh, – was Pat Sertain at that game? Um, I'm going on memory. I want to say yes, but it might be this week that he's coming. Or it might be uh, both. I, I, don't, I, don't have the list. I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, it might be this week that he's coming, but he he, he was coming to uh, at least one of them. Okay, did you see? Um, you just talked about who's going to be the guest picker. Could it be yeah. Ed Reed? It could. He's he's uh, he's around. He's uh, he's the, actually the honorary captain for this week's game. So I would think he would be a candidate. All right. Uh, I believe Ross said he was concerned that this guy Greg Rousseau is not that good. I know his coach. The guy's a great athlete. He played safety, he plays wide receiver, and he's mm-hmm. going to be a he's, a he's a great athlete. And if yes, Coach Cool wants him, you know he's got to be halfway decent. You know, and I and I, I just think, thought of something. Somebody asked me earlier about wide receivers and why they're only taking three or whatever, and that if if uh, Mullins ends up being off the team, would that mean they would take four? I think the one thing that you got to remember is Gil Frierson, who's one of the DB recruits also plays receiver. His high school coaches think he would be a better receiver than even a DB. So they, they probably always have the option of taking that kid and making him a receiver. 
Right. If they end up with, you know, too many DBs, you know, the, so they're, they're going to take the best kids they can get. They're not going to worry about it. But, yes, Rousseau, great athlete. Remember these two kids that went to Florida? They said they went because Rump didn't have enough experience as a coach. Is yep. that the biggest joke you've ever heard of? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Henderson's playing a lot, but, man, that, that program yeah. is a total mess right now. Yeah, Henderson's had some good good things to have for him. You know, he's regretting it at this point, I got to believe. He's going to play a lot this year. I mean, terrible. I felt bad for Randy. I got to watch some of their games against Missouri the other day, and man, I really felt bad for Randy because that is a bad team. All right, one last thing I'll let you go. How many Notre Dame fans do you think they'll be there this week? 10,000. 10,000? Okay. I mean, yeah, probably 10,000 realistic. All right, Gary, I'll be at the game. I hope we do as well as we did last week. Have a good right. week. I'll talk to you next week. I'll you first again this week. Did you hear our first call tonight? You didn't meet there. Did you miss it? Did I lose you? You still there, Greg? Hello? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still see. here. Yeah, did you hear our first call tonight? No, I was uh, no. I, right, I picked sure, up the show it, about time. It, it was epic. It was absolutely epic. Make sure you go back and listen to the podcast and hear the first call tonight. It, you'll you'll hear your I replacement. Will. He did a phenomenal job. It was really a great call. All right, we'll talk to you next All week, right. Greg. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. All, right, All right, let's go to the uh, five six one. You're live on Kane Sport Live. So Gary, doing good. Who's this? You got this is Zenier one. I called in last week, and I, I just, you know, I just got to thank you because I wasn't confident last week, you know. But as soon as I, I got off the line, and I just, I got to thank the board. I got to thank everything because I was just confident coming into that game, and everything just went just so well. Yeah, you know, it so, could have gone better. Actually, I just, except for the interceptions. Well, I, Rick looked past that. I'll look past that. I think, you know, he's going to work on that, obviously, uh, you know, this week. But uh, just uh, just for more confidence sake, uh, what are your thoughts on the outcome? Are you just as confident as, like, last week? Um, yeah, I think the same rules apply. I mean, you saw what that place is like. I mean, can you, you know, imagine being an 18-, 19-year-old kid coming out there and trying to play football with, with, with in that place? Uh, I oh, mean, I was it's, there. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously there's other wild environments in college football and all that, but my, I mean, my God, I mean, you got to be really good to, to come down and, get, and play a good Miami team in that environment. And, you know, all signs are they're preparing very well. This is a team with a lot of confidence right now. And, and, um, you know, I, I think that, Notre Dame is going to really have to be on their game to to deal with it. And um, I think Manny Diaz will have a good game plan for for that quarterback. I think that he'll find a way to stop the run. And uh, they're going to have to try to win the game throwing the ball, and I'm not sure that's their game. All right, well, that's it, you know. But just uh, go Canes and, you know, these boys just, you know, they have that moxie. They have that killer instinct that, you know, they want to win. I don't know if they know what losing is at this point. I mean, it's been over a season, basically, since we last lost. So that's about it. Just put me on hold. Go Kings. All right, man. Give us a call next week. All right, last call of the night. Let's go out to the 916. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Gary, what's up, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. How hey, you what's up, man? Roland? What's going on, man? What's Take on, us man? home. What you got? Good, good, good. You know that fullback that's committed to Miami, that's coming to Miami from Georgia? Mm-hmm. At Pace Academy? You know what I'm talking about? Really? Yeah, really is George. Yeah, a buddy of mine coaches him. And we uh-huh. were talking uh, yesterday about it. Let me tell you, man, that kid played DN. Um, they had him at running back. Let me tell you, he's going to be a gem, a major gem for us at fullback, and, I, and especially coming into next year. So I don't know if you got a mm-hmm. chance to look at him quite a bit. Oh, he will play. But, um, he'll, yeah, he'll, be... he'll play right away. Mark Rick is dying, <laughs> be... absolutely dying to have a fullback. Yeah, definitely, 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 man. And uh, quick question for you for this game. You think they're going to play straight up man-to-man? And, and, and uh, or you think they're going to mix it up a little zone? Or they, I think they should just play man-to-man. I think you'll see a lot of man-to-man, and I think Manny's going to load up the box, and he's going to make it as hard for them to run the ball as possible. And uh, from the Notre Dame standpoint, they're going to have to be real disciplined and not get out of their game plan because Manny's going to try to take them out of their game plan. You know what I, I looked at, too? When our linebackers, I think it, they're going to rotate guys like Darren Owens, and Perry in like some bigger, bigger line. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be you know real physical. It's going to be street uh, physical. It's going to be real yeah. physical up front. I mean, it makes sense to use the depth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, what try, up, try and, to keep uh, guys fresh. I mean, it's going to be physical up there now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. They're already going to mix it in quite a bit. Yeah, to you me, think, it's, uh, the, bigger, the biggest key is how are the backups like Bethel and Moten and those guys. You know, uh, how physical are they going to come and be? You know, I think you'll get good games out of Norton and McIntosh, but they're not going to be able to go every yeah. snap. So, you know, That's you're going to have to get good games out of those the, the second-team guys. I mean, that's going to be real important. To me, that's Another one of the bigger – that, oh. to me, that's one of the bigger question marks, honestly, this, for this week that's facing Miami is what are they going to get up front from the backup guys on defense? Another thing, and I, I know you addressed it a little bit earlier, but you know what's so frustrating, man? And I know it's it's just a game. But when you when people make comments and they, and they categorize Miami as you know thugs, just it is so ignorant, man. Some of these people, and they they know nothing about Miami, know nothing about the university, nothing about the kids, but for them to have that mantra, I mean, it's just totally just it's, – it's really unacceptable. I remember, I remember going to a Georgia Tech game, this was years ago, and all the kids – everybody had on Thug U. I mean, that that's just – that's horrible, man. That, that's really yeah, I don't know if I would call it unacceptable, though, because you're not going to be able to do anything about it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, but 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 for – you know, you got guys on, t- on television making comments about Miami. Especially, I mean, I know you don't talk about that guy on ESPN – but saying being that Miami back is a black mark, it's like I, I, obviously you know you, people doing what they're doing to enhance their careers or things of that nature. But I mean, it's again, this is a college program. It'd be different if it's a pro team. I'm not even justifying that, but I'm just simply saying that um, it's just not. It, it's really not cool for, for you know for people to, to to see those type of comments. It's just really. Really, yeah. you know, it's terrible, man. You know, so. But all right, um, Roland. Well, th- thanks for calling in as always. And, all right, man. Um, Appreciate it. Time, time for everybody to go to bed, man. With we, we got to rest yeah. up. We got a we got a big day yeah, Saturday. Big day. We got game day at nine a.m. Yeah. and the game doesn't kick off till eight p.m. So, 
Uh, yeah. We gotta yeah. like get, get we gotta get our beauty sleep this week so that we're all primed for Saturday. So thank I appreciate thanks it, for being part of the show and give us a call next week. You got it, man. All right, guys, great show tonight. Uh, thank you to everybody that called in. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, thank you to Harry's Razors for sponsoring tonight's show. Um, urge you guys to to, to check them out. And um, thank you to the startup.com, as always, the, the company created by Canes fans. To, that you, can't be, you can't work there unless you're a Canes fan, and now they want to help all the Canes fans around America uh, be successful in their businesses and startups. And uh, so they're there to help you out. Uh, we've got game day in the 9 a.m. Saturday morning. I hope those of you in South Florida, those of you that are coming to town for the game, I hope I see a bunch of you guys out there. Um, looking forward to that. And then uh, 8 o'clock Saturday night, Notre Dame against Miami. It doesn't get any better than that. And then we get to come back next Tuesday night and talk about it. So we'll be here. Hopefully you will be too. And uh, for now, I'll just say good night, everybody.